episode 167 game of death from 1978 i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and this episode is brought to you by the bruce lee official family store shop.brucelee.com which literally has the coolest fucking t-shirts i've ever seen in my life they are so excited to share with you the beginning of their collaborations with kareem abdul jabbar to celebrate the 80th anniversary of bruce lee shout out to the bruce lee shop and i I, i'm gonna wind up buying a lot of these t-shirts well Well, i just went there right now and i signed up for 15 percent off by giving them my email address and phone number so did you see these kareem abdul jabbar collaboration shirts go check them out i'm looking right now this is i mean i don't want to look right now because i feel like if i look right now i'm going to get distracted this entire episode yeah so uh (laughs) the bruce kareem v1 champion t-shirt i tweeted a picture of today yep their wingspans it's yeah this is super cool and you can actually buy the tracksuit on there too by the way Oh, I'm yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the yeah, full yeah. tracksuit. So this is probably the coolest website we've ever Well been shout out to shop.brucelee.com. Oh, there's also beautiful Converse low, low tops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and it's is... like champion shit that they're like it's like a collaboration with Kareem Champion Ooh. and uh, I know, I know. Oh, I'm done. Boy. Oh boy. Well <laughs> welcome to Too Fast Too Forever. After the break we will be talking about Game of Death nineteen seventy eight, plus some other stuff, which we will talk about then. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to? In the last week. I watched the newest WandaVision, so we're, like, caught up. And you were right. Exactly what you said happened. I just totally forgot that there was a surprise at the end of the one episode. Mm Mm-hmm. But but I remembered it after Rachel was like, yeah, you dumbass. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did that. Watched some hockey. Temptation Island is up. So, like, we watched that last night, and it was fucking incredible. There was three different cries last night. Oh, okay. So th- for, for, for a second, I forgot that you mentioned Temptation Island. Then I, I, I equated that to hockey. And I was like, hockey has gotten weird. <laughs> if there's cr- three cries in one hockey game. But OK, but Temptation Island makes more sense. No, um, although one of the Penguins did like get really fucked up last night. He got like really hurt, like to the point where like the one reporter that was there was like you could hear him screaming from the ice. Like, oh, yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, it was it was not good. Like poor Jason Zucker is going to be out for a while. So I do want to once again shout out the Pittsburgh Penguins for somehow not scheduling any games, only two games all season long on Wednesdays. Yep. So our schedule and, you know, like the, the weeks that we've picked out uh, bonus episodes, like there will be a bonus Patreon episode released this week. Also, you know, when we record that, it's also a, a, a day off. So like it's <laughs> it, they've really scheduled with this podcast in mind. So shout out to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Temptation Island, yeah, there was three different cries last night, and we got to, like, the first bonfire, and the bonfire is always, like, when they show you video clips of your significant other being a shithead in the other house. This one poor girl, she walks in last night, and she's like, look, I you know what? I feel great. And he's like, you look radiant. Like the host is like, is Mark Wahlberg, not that Mark Wahlberg, a different Mark Wahlberg. And he's like, you look like, you know, you're really good. And she's like, yeah, man, for like the first time in a long time, I looked in the mirror this morning and I was like, I'm very happy with myself. And he's like, that's good, man. Like, you know, that's, you're making progress. That's good. Then she saw like the video of her boyfriend and she was just like a broken person. She's like, I don't know what's happening. It was just chaos. And we were like, (sighs) we need to fix this poor girl. The other girls that were sitting there, like, cause he said like something really shitty, like, 
like she's like useless or something. I don't know, whatever. But the other girls that were sitting there, I was like, yeah, we need to ban the ban you guys together, and you need to like like prop this girl up this week. You know what I mean? Like she's gonna get the like you deserve better. You don't need to let a man put you down like that. Sure, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. She deserves it because this girl's fucking broken. So that really sucks but temptation island's doing good and that's pretty much all i've been up to so the the big news is i told you when i got my, my plans for this year my goals to get vaccinated are two things that i wanted to do what in the early half of the year number one oh, yeah. is watch f9 in theaters i don't know we, we have maybe some news about that not really but we have some sort of updates kind of sort of a little bit kind of sort of yeah in the on the street segment the other one fantasy baseball draft in person i will i am pleased to announce that just under four weeks three and a half weeks from today we have a fantasy baseball draft schedule that will be both live and remote and we're going to have i think Five, at least five people in person, all fully vaccinated by that point, which I'm very, very excited about. It's very cool, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a, a weird draft because we implemented unlimited keepers last year. So there's going to be fewer people to draft than ever before. But unlimited keepers. That's kind of weird. Do you have like a roster cap? Like you'd obviously so we have, have 25. Enough. So okay. I'm right now maybe keeping 19. And it's a mixture of like high profile expensive guys and a bunch of guys for like a dollar. Um, just because like I'm not really high on them, but they're a dollar and that's the cheapest it can be. So I can't get somebody cheaper and if i'm if i think that they're better than like what's likely to be out there why not do you guys not play the waiver wire then we do no no no. we do that this is just the draft so this just you know as soon as the draft is over there's no difference it's just like if you add a guy who was not drafted you can keep him for one dollar or like if i draft a guy for ten dollars in our auction style draft and i drop that guy and then you pick him up you can keep him for ten dollars so it's just like the guy keeps the value of whatever you whatever he was auctioned at but March 20th, I'm very, very excited. You and I have uh, some very special baseball-related things going on the night before, which oh. we will share news about down the line. And but, if you're a patron, uh, I'm sure you can guess because it was yes. in the chaos episode <laughs> 50 times. But yeah, that'll be the night before on the 19th. And then on the 20th, we are heading down to uh, the Jersey Shore, down where my friend lives down there in his basement. He hosted the draft a couple of years, and then it came here for a couple of years. But we're going back there for one last hurrah there. So I'm very, very excited about that. Trying to think what else I've been up to. I've been playing the Spider-Man game on PS5. I was talking to Wes about that because I think he's written in. I think he's talked to us about that. It's yeah, a lot of really fun. Yeah, hype on it. Yeah. It's very easy, which I'm not like disappointed in, but I'm just like, oh, this seems okay. Like it just, you know, and not even like difficult. It's just like the puzzles are very easy. It's like find a junction box and like you click in the right thumbstick to like use Spidey Sense and you're just like, oh, there's the gold thing. Okay, I'm just going to go over the gold thing. It's just, <laughs> it's a very weird, like very accessible game, but it's a lot of fun. I'm playing that. Seinfeld got to the first episode that i knew by name which i know that you know that i saw because you like the tweets but i got to the chinese restaurant episode yes which did i enjoyed. You like it i did i did uh okay. it's getting better the show is getting better i think i finished i'm pretty sure i finished now season two or maybe i have one episode left i just okay. finished today simpson season two and eastbound and down season two different thing altogether yeah and then either seinfeld season two is over now or it's over tomorrow but they're all rounding into shape i'm really enjoying all three of those do you like eastbound and down i do so i don't like the dis- the self-destructive comedy like i don't think it's funny when people are just an asshole to be an asshole but i get that it's like the series long journey to him not be an asshole but like the season or in mexico still- my favorite episode i think so far was in season two where adam scott as like the asshole kind of agent who like screws kenny over makes amends in aa like that was super funny and then kenny making his rounds in mexico before he goes back to america like that's just a really funny and like mcconaughey's in that episode and so there's a lot of really good cameos and a lot of fun 
fun to be had in that. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. Two more seasons. It's a it's a short show, right? So I'll it's be very done short. with it, basically. Like, each episode we record, I'm basically will have finished another season of the show, so... And it's easy to watch, too. Like, Eastbound and Dice. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's, there's great cameos. I Like... Even if you don't like the self-deprecating humor, there's jokes in every episode that I'm sure that get you. Like, just, like, one-liners that'll just, like, oh, yeah, drop yeah. that are just like, oh, fuck, that's, like, really funny. And I know this isn't going to be for everybody, but, like, even in, like, the, the, the mean-spirited thing that I'm not especially a fan of, like, there's just, like, some, like, unequivocally great lines just, uh, that I won't repeat here. Because, yes. like, the show is just, like, strewn with, like, casual racism, like, in a way that, oh, yeah. like, they don't champion, but it's also, like, they probably, like, it's only a decade old, but, like, it probably couldn't be made like that today. Nope. There's just things that, like, are just written or delivered in a way that are just so goddamn funny it's like oh yeah like that that was great like i don't normally i wouldn't laugh at that but that was so perfectly whatever yeah there's a really great joke in mexico that like is probably like i think one of the funniest things i've ever heard on television that that's is... racism man i love to racism bro is it that because <laughs> that was maybe my favorite line from season two with michael pena as the billionaire drug lord uh baseball team owner uh where kenny power shows up his house and just say, saying some like really racist shit about mexicans and he just says that's racism man i love to racism bro just trying to <laughs> ingratiate himself with so that's that's a great one. But do you what, what was the, I mean? I can either bleep that out or just cut it out if it if you don't want to say it on air. I don't know if it happened yet or not. Would it? it where's Stevie? Well, I'm done at? with Mexico. He's he's out of Mexico now, so he's back. But but I don't know. It, did did he meet Stevie there? Stevie was down there. Yeah, Stevie met, met and married Maria, and Maria is now back in okay. uh, America. I, I it might be in a later season. Okay. I, I got oh, I don't want to oh, ruin wait. it for you. Yeah. If it, Okay. The only other thing I wanted to point out, uh, unrelated to TV, is that on Sunday I watched four movies, and they were all great. What I watched they? a Mike Manzi favorite that he had been telling me about for years, Night of the Comet, which is from 1984. Okay. Uh, so I've been doing this thing, old movie, new movie. So this is an old movie, obviously. Essentially, two valley girls survived the apocalypse. Oh. And there's this comet that, like, effectively, like, the, the movie kind of alludes to that it wiped out the dinosaurs, and it comes back, and it wipes out all of Earth and kind of makes some people zombies. But if you're, like, inside steel, like, some people stayed in the, just coincidentally, in, like, a movie projector studio or, like, a, like a movie projector box or, like, in a shed or whatever, like, it didn't affect you. And so it's just these two kind of, like, stereotypically dumb valley girls who survived the apocalypse, and it's delightful. I really enjoyed cool. that. I watched the new Kristen Wiig movie, Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar, which I'm sure you've seen around. I don't know if you've seen that yet or not. I saw a promo for it on, like, some some show that I was watching. It was probably, like, um, morning news one morning before I was going to work, and I saw them running. They were doing their tour of promo, right? Like, yep. how was it? It looked kind of It's really fun. funny. It's one of those premium on demand, so it's, like, $20. So I don't know if it's worth 20 but I would say when it comes down to, like, 6 or 7 or when it hits, like, Netflix or Prime or whatever, like, watch those. I thought it was like, just on Prime for, for free. Mm-mm. No, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a premium one. Because I keep one. seeing Prime ads for it, but I didn't realize that you had to pay for it. So that good. Thank you for the heads up, then. It's really, really funny. They're both great, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, and then the supporting actors in Jamie, Jamie Dornan, who is the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey guy, and then Damon Wayans Jr. are both really, really funny because they're just kind of like one-note characters because they don't have to be like well-rounded, but they're both hilarious. Then I watched a movie called The Parallax View, which is like a political thriller from the 70s, which is also great. Okay. Uh, it's by the guy who made All the President's Men about Watergate. This is ah. a movie he made a year or two before that, so that was great. And then I watched, which I'm sure you've heard about, you will probably see before the Oscars, I think in April or whatever, uh, Nomadland, which is the, like, widely considered one of the best movies of the year, just hit Hulu, ah. which is directed by Chloe Zhao, who did The Rider which is super depressing. This movie is pretty depressing too. Uh, her next movie is a Marvel movie, which feels really weird. Uh, but this stars Frances McDormand of Fargo. Um, oh, but yeah. she is 
almost certainly Chloe Zhao going to win Best Director for this, like, already. Like, I think I've talked about it here before in past years that, like, Walt and his boyfriend, Michael, who have both been on the show, uh, they do the uh, All awards the awards supplement. Yes. 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 I, I've, I've read this before. It's really good if you guys – he has, like, a whole bunch of data that yep. is, like, if you win these awards in these shows, yes. this is the yes. likelihood of you winning this So thing. this is the crazy thing. So of the 18 award shows, that, like, at, when, when Walt sent this newsletter over the weekend or whatever, of the 18 shows that had given out awards – that he tracks 17 of them, 17 of 18, gave Best Director to Chloe Zhao. And the only one that didn't gave it to Steve McQueen for his small acts series of movies, which are basically movies, like they're standalone things, but like Amazon considered a TV. So that's ineligible for Oscars. So like Ah. Chloe Zhao is like, what was like, I I don't have anything to compare this to. Like this is so overwhelmingly like we've never seen this before. Like where it's just like nobody else has any points. So like it's just hands down. It's probably also going to be nominated for Best Picture, Best Actress probably. I don't know if it's going to win, but uh, depressing, but great, beautiful. Um, A lot of hype going into it, and I just uh, really, really enjoyed it. So it's on Hulu for free. So if you have Hulu, Nomadland, which is great. Yeah, cool. And then I watched The Little Things, which is the HBO Max movie. By the time this comes out, I think it will be gone. That's the uh, Denzel... Rami Malek, Jared Leto movie. That was the one we were talking about with Garrett or, or with Heather. Maybe, possibly. We were uh, it's about it's it. bad and dumb. Don't don't. don't it watch was a it. thriller. It w- it was the one I think we, we were talking about it maybe after the episode with, he- with oh, Heather. Oh, maybe yes, yes, remember? yes. Remember? And she was mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. It's Denzel, Rami Malek. Like it's a thriller. Yeah. And she was like, it's not that great. And I was like, come on, don't do this to me. So you're saying it too? I believe it was. You both. So it was written, I think, in the 90s. It takes place in the 90s, and then it was just made today. Like there's, it's enjoyable enjoyable in a way that is like oh they don't make movies like this anymore like it feels like kind of you know like uh in the wake of like movies like seven and the game and stuff like that like everyone was like hey let's just make movies like this that are like okay mid-level budgets and it's just you get a good actor or two and you just make a procedural and like that's this movie and so like it's not good i mean it's watchable but it's all it's over two hours long and i'm just like so there's a couple days left so if, if you're listening to this on patreon uh and you have not seen it yet you'll be able to watch it this weekend i think it comes down on sunday before it you know comes back eventually but it's like one of those like it's on hbo max for a month before it comes down because it's like a new release or whatever but like there's better stuff to watch i wanted to see it because i want to see what it was like heard bad things from two from two people that i trust their taste in so you know not a not the end of the world but just saying that we speaking of the patreon we have a patreon page too fast to forever.com if you want to support the show if you like the show and you want to support it too fast to forever.com shout out to cassie wilson jake freer ben milliman nick burris alex ellen and justin kleiman brian rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all so very much for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Speaking of Montez, that was funny. I sent Joey a tweet that, like, Vanessa Hudgens is dating a guy that plays for the Pirates. Oh, I didn't. I forgot that element of it. I, like, I... Oh, I, you didn't? But yes, now I understand why. Yes, yes, yes. And the Pirates tweeted out, like, the high school musical. Is is, is that a T? Is it a T for Troy? Um, necklace thing. And it was Cole Tucker being like, no, it's a T for Tucker. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember that either. But, like, once I saw it, it, like, my brain started to connect it. Yeah, so now I get that, yes. The T is in Tucker, yeah. Because I was like... I was thinking of Montez. This seems weird, but yes. Uh, Montez, for sure. Yeah. But yes, so shout out to all of you for the $5 level or above. Like we said, there will be a bonus episode, I don't know, this weekend. This episode will probably be up on Friday for patrons. And then the next one will be up Saturday or Sunday, maybe yeah, Sunday or Monday. Friday, so, so. Yeah. yeah. So check it out. And if you want swag and merchandise, t-shirts, stickers, more, early access to episodes, bonus episodes, all that sort of stuff, too fast, too forever, dot 
gmail.com. We have an email address, family at cageclub.me. And we've got a couple emails today. So number one, so I, I've brought up on the show before how uh, generally terrible our YouTube comments are on youtube.com slash too fast too forever they never talked about the movie it's mostly the olds um (laughs) who are confused by a thing that says podcast in the title they're like this isn't the hollywood nights this isn't this isn't the movie what are you it's clickbait it's like no thanks for listening man but like it says podcast in the title like we're not whatever but 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 for the the first time ever in like the year and a half that we've had the youtube up uh we got a productive actual useful comment so 19 double nickel 55 okay i'm guessing somebody who's maybe born in 55 i don't know comments on the hollywood nights video and says in the speed shop as the guys are admiring the custom job duke tony danza asked the mechanic if the color is piss yellow instead of using the character's name the response is no it's tony nancy yellow remember we talked about this because yes it's tony danza yellow or whatever yes says one of the actors is the real tony nancy a well-respected muscle car customizing giant that shade of yellow was his signature color so i remember talking about this but i don't think we knew that little bit of information so thank you 19 double nickel 55 for the info like i was like oh that's a productive comment i'm kind of thrown by it i don't know how to respond every time youtube emails me like new comment on i'm like all right gotta gotta go do my like kill him with kindness thing i'm like oh actually it's either it's it's one of two things it's spam or someone angry and then there's this one i was like oh my god yeah that was that's beautiful and and tony nancy yellow like that's a cool fact and yeah. it's something that we didn't know so yeah thank you for the heads very, up very very cool we got an email from jason Jason Dickinson, Cedric Line, hey fam. By the what's way, up? wait, before he even starts, this episode comes out on Jason's 30th birthday. So happy. Well, he 30th. mentions that in here. He says, My podcast okay. is over 18 episodes. I've been on a Fast and Furious binge, and I can't wait for F9. P.S. Can you believe I'm going to be 30 on March 2? Stay fast, stay furious, ride or die. Well, happy birthday, Jason. Have very and happy I birthday. Cannot believe you're going to be 30 because I had no idea how old you were. Yeah. So I can both not believe it and totally believe it. So happy 30th birthday, Jason. Well, it's kind of funny because I feel like everybody on the internet is my age. Right. So like sure. whenever I find somebody that's like not my age, but like that's right in our age range. So it makes total sense. It's also cool that. He, so that means he was born in 91. So he was 10 when the first one came out and he'll be 30 when nine comes out. Right. So oh. he's it's it's right on the anniversary. That is. That's very cool. Super, super cool. And the last two emails, it's essentially one long email that I think I don't know why if there's a reason he split it up. But Justin Kleiman writes in first one subject line been a while. Oh, what's up, Justin? And he's Justin and I were talking because he asked for Rachel's homemade pasta recipe the other Ooh. day. Yeah, yeah. And he made it. He and Bonnie made it. And it looked really fucking good. So nailed it. That's awesome. Actually, so we'll talk about uh, Young Rock later. But when there's the um, there's the car full of uh, all the Karens and then the driver is Bonnie. I was like, if it was Bonnie, it could be a uh, oh. Justin. But it's, just, it's Bonnie. It's, it's the, Bonnie, it's the, pedes- it's the pedestrian yeah. pronunciation, spelling, name. Yeah whatever karen karen karen, karen. bonnie <laughs> she's a she's a she's a um an honorary karen because she has the car yeah so justin writes finally getting around to getting an email into you i'm sitting in a cabin in northern minnesota at a state park came up to cross country ski for the weekend the day before we were going to leave all our skis were stolen from our truck oh Oof. lame vonnie hustled and tracked down ones to borrow and saved the trip in other good news we both got our first covid shots this week congratulations to both of you welcome to the club yeah welcome welcome says also i've been watching all the joe power talks with you episodes it's so great i don't want to spoil anything so i'll just say i wasn't expecting what happens in the rat race episode big episode yep and the subsequent story arc it hits real close to home for me 
An amazing recommendation, though. Yeah. We love Joe Parra Talks to Me. That was such a great show. Did you watch season two or no? I think I just finished. I don't. They were weird episode numbers, right? Like, wasn't there only like a like a few episodes? It wasn't like. No, there 12. were like 10 or 12 and then 13. Like, there's like 25 remember. in total. I only I think I watched only season one then. Yeah, because season two, like it sets up that he's growing a bean arch. Like the whole like plot of season two is that he's growing a bean arch in his backyard. Like this, you know, an arch that he builds that he like plants with bean stalks and it goes <laughs> okay. around and like they're like this is going to be the emotional moment of the season and then there's more to it than that okay. and so then the rat race episode but yes agree agree justin glad you are loving the show and that's a very whew, that's a big episode this is now onto liner notes or now now onto a lot of notes so bear with me although i do like the liner notes that's what chris podcast used to call his uh the notes for his now and again show the Ooh. liner notes i think i remember that too yeah simpsons slash seinfeld i've seen all the seinfeld episodes but I haven't watched it since the final episode aired. I'm not big on rewatching shows after they're done for whatever reason. Simpsons I lost interest in in circa 2005, so I guess halfway through probably. I actually remember watching the pilot episode on the night it aired, the Christmas episode on the night it aired. I was 9 or 10. We watched it every week until the episode where the Ramones sing Happy Birthday. My mom walked in the room just as Joey Ramone said, Go to hell, you old bastard, and we weren't allowed to watch for a few more years. (laughs) I hate when that happens. That's an awesome story, though. That is very real. That's Wells' level of realness. That's two ice creams in the same day getting in trouble (laughs) levels of realness. I don't have a story like that. I just wasn't allowed to watch it. Although, um, the friends that I'm rewatching The X-Files with, one of them was talking about how, like, he used to watch The X-Files with his dad and his younger brother, and then one time their mom decided to join for an episode. And I forget which one it was, but it was, like, one of the more disgusting episodes in season three, and she's like, you guys are not watching the show anymore. Like, she just drops in, like, you know, that show was always kind of, like, ahead of its time in terms of, like, not being racy but kind of being gross or whatever but like yeah. kind of extreme for like cable show or a network show at you know nine o'clock at night or whatever and there was one where it's like oh this is particularly gross and she's like yeah you can't you can't watch so he like a couple you know like six weeks later or whatever he got to watch it again but like yeah he's like this was the episode that like again same thing like this is the episode that like, I, I wasn't allowed to watch the x-files again because of this one so i have a very similar story now and i just remembered it and i remembered it when i was watching it i was watching south park at my uncle's house I forget what my uncle was doing something, but like I was with my aunt and I was like, oh, South Park's on. Cool. This is like a new one. You don't know South Park, but there's an episode where like Butters finds out that his dad is gay, is like going to like men's bathhouses. And it's like one of the like, like worst South Park episodes, like to watch with somebody that's an adult. And like that. Yeah, it was the same thing. It was just like, yeah, we shouldn't be watching this. And I was like, yeah, you got me. Cool. I'll, yeah. go, I'll watch it when I get home. Like, it wasn't my parents, right? So, like, I was just like, yeah, right. like, whatever. Like, they're, they don't care. So, like, well, we could turn this off. I get it. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I've, t- I've told the story in here that, like, I, I rented the first Resident Evil game and played it in front of my mom and grandma and made that mistake. And they're like, you're not playing this. I was like, all right, got to <laughs> yep. bring it back. So, we've all had that moment, I think. So. We we definitely all have. And I love hearing it. It's just, it's funny. It, and you'll always think of, like, that episode, that game. Like, the first thing you think of is be like, yeah, this was banned. <laughs> like... <laughs> I got in trouble for this one. He says, second one, new member Monica. I don't remember what I was going to respond to your email about, so I guess I'll just say welcome to the family. So I love that this is another one of the Justin classics. uh, Made a note, don't remember. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah. On brand, it works. Friday Night Lights. I've never seen the show, but the movie was amazing. The soundtrack is one of the best ever and totally got me hooked on Explosions in the Sky. The album that supplies the most songs for my movie, for the movie, is my all-time number one album. Very cool. I was just posted this on Facebook, you know, what movie songs are the, like, like, movies and songs linked together. Like, what are Uh some of the best ones? 
you know, we were talking like Kiss, Kiss from a Rose, because actually that's what we were wa- we were watching Batman Forever. Okay. Kiss from a Rose is that, but there's like there's so many soundtracks in movies that like are just so intertwined like that that just hit you when you're you know whatever age and you're just like yeah dude this was it i loved both of these things and what was the one recently there was like a tv show or a movie that used kissed by a rose oh i think it was no it wasn't pop star he was in pop star or he performed a song of pop star ah shit maybe it was the vacation reboot but there was one where like they try to use it as like this big like romantic moment or whatever and then like things just go terribly horribly wrong and i don't remember the specifics of specifics of the scene otherwise i would might remember what it is but like that that's been parodied with its own song fairly recently i think but i don't remember what the first thing that comes to my mind and i don't know why it's this one just i mean tarantino is just so tied like but like stuck in the middle with you like Steeler's wheel and just michael madsen dancing and reservoir dogs to that song before he cuts off the dude's ear like yeah joey and wrong numbers you talked about having a phone number that's very similar to a business i think you were right and getting called all the time when we moved to minneapolis we were given the phone number that used to be a herberger's department store at first we were polite but if a person called back a second time, we'd start messing with them. We'd pass the phone back and forth to whoever was at the house claiming to be different departments. Sometimes <laughs> we'd ask what they were looking for and try and talk them out of it. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's awesome. At work, not my – like every bay of like research has like its own phone line. Mm-hmm. And like the one that's next to me where one of my buddies sits, somehow that's a number for like a physical therapist's office online somewhere as a number for a physical therapist's office. So like anytime his phone rings, I'm like, like, no, we're not a physical therapist's office. And he answers the phone. He's like, hello, you know, like, this <laughs> is the lab. And then he's like, no, this isn't the physical therapist. Like, like now he's just so right. depressed by it. Right. Cause it just happens all the time. So oh, there's no way to fix it though, either. Like you, no. you change your number. Like it just, you know, oh, boy. Yeah. He gets a lot of olds that call and just are like, is this my physical? And he's like, no, it's not. And then he hangs up the phone. He's like, wait, Wait for it. Wait for it. It's like rings again. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Th- no. Still not it. Says Nico and Kevo. I made it through the lap somehow without ever being able to figure out whose voice was whose. All I know is one of them clips out the mic a lot. It must be harder to try, or must be murder to try and balance the sound levels when you edit. That said, they were great guests. Well, I will also tell you that they recorded on the same audio track, so it was impossible to balance it. So, <laughs> yes. But love them both. I do. I do. School letters. I was listening to a podcast by a guy named Brian Rodriguez. It's called High School Slumber Party. He was talking <laughs> about lettering in high school. My only letter was in band. I don't think it, I accomplished anything, but I always showed up, and I guess that was all it took. Anyway, you should check out his podcast. It's pretty cool. It's called High School Slumber Party <laughs> by Brian Rodriguez. I think I've heard of that one before. But I don't listen to podcasts, so... <laughs> Lastly for, oh, he said, okay, this is this one sheet of notes. Lastly for this sheet of notes, MLB Showdown. Wow, I forgot all about this great card game. Me and a friend played this a lot, but now that I think about it, I'm like 10 years older than you, which makes it pretty nerdy that I was playing it in my 20s. I guess that's what we moved into fantasy baseball because it's less nerdy. Now to check out that other sheet of notes. Well, I actually just found, so like every once in a while, I remember a guy from back then and I like, I Google image search like MLB Showdown, Rich Aurelia, who we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever. This week, I don't remember what I searched but I found like a modern player with an MLB showdown card and I found what, what is my new favorite website if somebody runs a blog spot which Send is me. called the greatest MLB showdown project so this is a guy or a team of guys I don't know why uh, the the site loads very slowly uh, I guess just blog spot sucks but he created like all time teams, all decade teams, modern teams. It's so cool. He also did this whole like draft league where he drafted players into teams and like wrote a Python script to simulate seasons. And like, it's a level of nerdy that like, 
I've been at, but I didn't publicize. Um, but I'm just like <laughs> lurking on this guy's blog spot because like it's all from like last year. Like I don't know if this was like a quarantine project or what, but like he's got a bunch of followers, like a, like people who comment and stuff, and like they're all like, "This is awesome! It's so crazy!" But like looking at like the best teams of all time or whatever. Like I and think he it made was, like, cards for them. That's what this he, is. Yeah, he like made like he created like the on base and the speed and the defense and the the hitting charts and like photoshopped like a player's like picture on there and like i want to say like the, the best team of all time like in terms of point value was like that basically the cheating astros from a couple years ago which makes sense but like they have like three of the best pitchers of all time and a stacked baseball like a stacked hitting lineup right so i was just like this is so like every day i just read another blog post i'm like this is so cool this is really fucking cool yeah it's greatest mlb showdown.blogspot.com so this is something you cool. definitely get lost in god damn yeah. it i wish somebody would have done this for first of all they needed to make an nhl version of this which makes even less sense like money wise like nobody would have bought that yeah we need to have like reboot the at least reboot the nfl showdown why don't they bring this back dude cards are coming back in a big fucking way by the way have you noticed this i know that pokemon cards are back because a lot of rappers who grew up with them now have money to like spend 130 grand on like a box of packs right so like that's coming back in a big way yes yeah, so so there's this thing and uh, there's this guy Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know this yeah. guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, A year or two years ago, he was, like, posting these videos. Like, I see I, like I see them in my news feed, right? Somebody mm-hmm. must followed him. And one of them was like, yo, cards are coming back in a big fucking way. And I was like, no, they're not. And he's like, look, trading cards have been dead for a while. But, when and he explains it. When he explains it, it makes so much sense. We had cards when we were, like, what? Like, 8 to 12. And he's like, we're finally hitting that tipping point that happened also in the fucking 80s and 90s, where, like, the generation before you starts having kids, and then Mm -hmm. they introduce cards to their kids. And then the cards come back in because you're like, oh, this is something from my childhood, which is, like, exactly what happened for me. Like, my dad would buy me packs of cards, right? Because it was like, he would be like, oh, here, get some NHL cards or, like, whatever. And you're like, oh, this is so fucking cool. And he only did it because he had them when he was a kid. And, like, that's how it works. So you're on this, like, 20-year cycle where it keeps coming back. Anyways, bring back fucking Showdown, please, someone. Yes, please. So I never really got into the NFL one because, like, just my friends didn't care. After the fact, I think I showed you one time when you are here when we had a Camp Cage Club you here, have a maybe. Lot of them. Yeah. I have, like, they, because the cards, like, there were, so there are the foils, like, the rare ones, like the All-Stars or whatever. Yeah. But they didn't swipe right. Like, you had yes. to basically put a second card behind it. I like, remember whatever, this. However they made it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, pay us shipping and handling. We will send you, like, basically shitty photo, like, Xerox copies. But, like, actual card backing, but, like, looked terrible. Like, grainy, black and white. Yeah. And we'll send you an entire set of all the foils. But, like, of not all foil. the rares. So I have that. But I kept everything because I'm a pack rat and I keep everything. But I have all those. But the one that was actually a blast, like, I only had one friend who ever cared about. But I I don't remember at all how to play. But there was an NBA showdown, which was very cool. And there were, like, hot and cold markers. So, like, you could put, like, up to three on each. Like, if a guy, like, had a good quarter or maybe they're, like, strategy cards. I don't remember. But, like, the NBA one was, like, a blast as well. But, like, I mean, I think popularity-wise and for me, like, nothing topped MLB. Like, it was just... MLB was the was the hot shit. That, that was the one that, like, my friends really played. That was the one. Because it was so close to, like, fantasy baseball and stuff, right? right? Like... And, and I think that was the only so one that they did more than one year of. Yeah, that's right, because we talked about this. NFL only had one year, but yeah, baseball definitely had at least like two, maybe three. No, they had like four or five because uh. they did. They had two really good years. Like 2000 and 2001 are both really good. And then like for 20, 2002, 
let's say 2012, 2002, they like totally changed, like they basically made it incompatible. Like they changed things a tiny bit from 2000, 2001, but like you could still use the cards together. And then they yeah. basically did it so that like, hey, you can't use old cards. Like there's a real like line in the sand here. And they did like another one or two years after that. So there was at least four. What was better, the original or the reboot? I don't, I mean, I love the original and I think, I don't know. I mean, I get why they had to, like, pivot or whatever so they could have more people buy more packs and everything. But, like, I was, like, I think it was a combination of, like, just me getting, like, hitting an age where I was out of it, kind of. But also, like, this isn't as good as it used to be. And so, but I have the, I have, like, the complete sets of the first two years. I just don't have it for the third year because I was, like, I don't like this. Like, this is not, like, they completely warped everything. So, yeah. Justin's second email, the rest of my notes. Okay. And he starts, he's coming out of the gate hot here. Coming in hot. Okay. God damn it, Jerry. Take a shit or get off the pot. Juliana <laughs> isn't going to wait around forever, so go grab a $100 gold band from the pawn shop and make this happen. <laughs> yeah, date doesn't matter. Justin knows, man. Just got to get it over with. Like, rip the band-aid off. But, like, you know, in terms of band-aid, it's like, you know, proposing to someone, right? So Put the band-aid on forever. Like, tattoo a band-aid on uh-huh. yourself, essentially. <laughs> it's like... So Justin says the movie Angus, which is one that Brian covered on. I don't know if you know, Joe, I don't know if you heard this podcast. It's called High School Slumber Party. It's by this guy, Brian Rodriguez. He had a movie about Angus where, I don't actually don't know if you know the story about this, but he and Kate what? Hudson, who's been on the show, yeah. covered the movie Angus. Kate being Kate uh, was drinking, and Kate being Kate was full of fiery hot takes. Um, okay. By the way, your your Twilight episode is out now if you want to listen to that. People want to listen to that. Yeah. Um, which I cannot believe. I'm so disappointed in her and in Brian for never having seen, maybe not Brian, but I'm disappointed in her for not having seen the extended edition of yeah. Twilight. Because you're like, what? Hey, what about this scene? They're like, what are you talking about? You're like, why didn't you, like, Kate comes off as, like, the Twilight expert, which I think she is, but, like, yeah. never having seen the extended, like, come on, man, you got to bring it. Right? That's what I thought. Like, I, I, I did my homework mm-hmm. and everybody else did a half-assed job on their mm-hmm. home. I felt like I was the only person dragging this group project along. Although I did love the uh, part of the episode where you effectively did the, like you did like the trailer watch along like we do on here but with the uh the hamster droppings rain stick scene or whatever like <laughs> and keeping like up. what? Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover obviously between like segments or ideas mm-hmm. in these episodes. It's all just also, when Brian was like, "Yeah, pull it," like find any tweet about the sh- uh, about the movies. You're like, "Are we gonna be wappy?" And Brian's like, "What?" You're like, "Boy, do we have?" Pie? He's like, oh, "I guess we could." You're like, "Why not?" So, yeah. <laughs> right? That's yeah. okay. Good. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought too. I was like, "Why would you not do this?" Like, if it's a good idea, just yeah. use it. It doesn't matter. Also, like whenever I see like somebody I follow like tweet about it, like Phoebe Bridgers, a musician I love, tweeted about like how it- <laughs> she's like, "So Edward Cullen's a hundred years old, and his favorite song is Claire to fucking Loon." Like, come on. Yeah. So I send that to Brian, and I'm like, "Bd wappy her," and so he quote tweeted it and did that so uh she did not respond but um still out there you know, man got yeah, a bunch exactly. of likes yeah exactly um, so anyway on his show kate was on they talked about this movie angus has starred this guy charlie talbert as angus and like kate full of her hot takes they were not kind to charlie's performance and then somehow charlie got wind of it and responded what? and so then he he joined the show and like did like a an angus interview and Brian and Kate together, like, just talked to Charlie about it and, like, basically apologized, apologized, apologized. And then Charlie has come on, like, at least one other time to talk about that movie Fear with Marky Mark, uh, which is the only way you're allowed to re- uh, refer to it, according to Kate. Not Fear. It's Fear with Marky Mark. Okay. Uh, that's the full title. But, like, Charlie was a guest on that. So he's become, like, a friend of the show. <laughs> 
because they the shit on his roller coaster. performance. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. Justin says, the movie Angus. I remember the soundtrack always being in used bins, which sent me down a rabbit hole trying to find the song American Girls off of it. I couldn't remember the band, only it was a super group made of Weezer, Cake, and Soul Coughing. That's actually a good band. Cake, Cake is good. Weezer, yeah. They call themselves Homie, and it wasn't on the Angus soundtrack, so it turns out this is all unrelated. Fun song, though. Check it out. It can only find it on YouTube. <laughs> nice. Homie, American Girls. Cool. Homie, American Girls. I'm putting a tab up. Go ahead. There was, there's a clip song, I think, called White Girl. So there's a movie that was called White Girl that came out, like, five years ago, which is good. It's not great, but, like, it's just about this character played by Morgan Saylor, who she just, like, gets into all sorts of, like, terrible trouble and, like, gets out of it because she's a white girl. Like, just, like, I'm going to okay. get, in, I'm going to get, like, trapped into, like, doing and dealing kind of drugs, but, like, I'm a white girl, and so, like, they're going to, you know, the system's going to take down the black guy. Like, it's a whole, like, yeah. gets heavy. But anyway, the movie ends with a clip song, White Girl, and I'm like, this is a cool song, and, like, it's not on Spotify. So, like, if I want to listen, like, if that song gets in my head, I'm like, got to go to YouTube. Like, it's not on Apple Music. It's not on Spotify. So, like, what I'm saying is get your shit together, homie and clips, and just get your stuff on wherever. <laughs> yes. Justin says, Goes Beer. It's one of my favorite German beers. Salt and Cardamon. Yes. There are only three breweries in Gosler, Germany, making it until about 10 years ago. The Gosler River has natural salt deposits that create the flavor. Ah. Uh... I have a friend who I used to brew with who's won a lot of home brewing awards and now owns a brewery here. I challenged him to come up with a recipe. He did it, and it was amazing, and he won a number of awards with it. Then, all of a sudden, the style blew up a year later, and American breweries bastardized it into a sour beer. He turned his same recipe into one of the fests that he won a gold medal with the previous year. He didn't place and was told it wasn't sour enough. He tried to explain uh. it wasn't a sour beer, but the judges weren't interested. Damn, I didn't know the history of Gozes like that. That sucks. I've drank a lot of German ones. I have drank German ones. And like all, like some of the famous ones, Dry Fontenin, right? I think they make some. I know I've had them. I don't know that I could place one. Actually, let me, let me look at Untapped. But now I'm now I'm wondering if they're all ghost styles or if they were original true true blue ghosts. I would imagine, unless you like got a true blue ghost, like unless you know it's a true blue ghost, it's probably not, right? So. Yeah. That sucks. Filter by style. Mm-hmm. Three sour fruited goes and one sour goes. Yeah, so those are bastardized ones. East Rock Brewing Company's Blackberry goes. Oh, Green oh. Zebra is apparently a goes. Have you had Founders Green Zebra? Probably. I don't remember it. I love it. That's one of my favorite just beers. I don't know if it's a true goes or not, but it's sour, but it's like sweet also. Uh, Flying Fish has Salt and Sea and Angry Chair has Blackberry Key. Ooh, you had that with us. You definitely had the Angry Chair with us and you definitely had the East Rock with us. Blackberry Key Lime goes. I had on June 9th. That's your birthday, right? Yeah. 2018. I think we're probably Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Oh, at Angry Chair Brewing in Tampa. Yep. Mm -hmm. See? Told you. With the Uno cards in the background that we were playing Uno at that brewery. There you go. And then weirdly, oh, that's so weird. I had Green Zebra for the first time on June 9th, 2019, the year later. But I remember I had that at a bar near here. But I just had two ghosts for the first time on your birthday. <laughs> June 8th, years. the day after. The day after. Okay, sorry. Day yeah, after. day after. This is a weird intro, man. We're going down a lot of rabbit holes. I like it. But it's just, fuck, what the fuck is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. I'm just like, damn, dude. I think because I know that we don't have a guest in it, I'm just like, hey, it can be a little bit longer. Yeah, fucking it send it. Shorter. Blue Laws. Joe, too, was talking about somewhere where, because the Blue Laws, they had special versions of Bud Light and such. Welcome to Minnesota. That's us. 
Oh. You can only buy 3.2% ABV alcohol from gas stations and grocery stores here. Well, I will say in New Jersey, gas stations and grocery stores don't sell liquor at all. So you have a leg up on us. Pennsylvania was like super rigid forever and Connecticut's not much better. It's it's a pain in my ass. Although I wonder, you know, that now that New Jersey just legalized recreational marijuana, I wonder, like, I think like liquor licenses are such a big a big business in New Jersey, right? Like, they're so expensive. Also, also, you have, like, the history of, like, them fucking it up for so many years. Yeah, yeah. That, like, to undo the tape of it is such a pain. Like, I remember Connecticut had, like, this big thing that was, like, how many ounces you were allowed to buy at one time from a brewery because, like... Dumb. Oh, no, fucker. This is what it is. In Rhode Island, you can't buy more than 96 ounces at a time. You're allowed to buy more than that in a day, but just at a time. So when I would go to Rhode Island... We would buy beers, and they'd be like, okay, you can only walk out a case and a half at a time. You could pay for it all in one order, but you're only allowed to put it... And I was like, this makes no fucking... So, like, you'd have to, like, get the beer. He'd be like, okay, here it is, and he sets it on the counter, and you take, like... A half a case out at a time, and you put it in your car, and you just have to make two two or three trips for no reason other than, like, So dumb. I know, right? So dumb. So dumb. Yeah, but, like, what what that leads to in New Jersey is that, like, every grocery store basically has, like, a liquor store, like, that the grocery chain owns right next door. So it's like, you go to Wegmans, Uh, and there's, like, the Wegmans liquor store, like, that's a separate thing, but it's, like, in the grocery store. It's like, you have to check out separately, but, like, it's it's just, it's dumb. You know what I mean? Stupid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We have all these low alcohol versions of Miller, Bud, and even Corona. Also, in the last 10 years, these laws have changed for the better. Breweries can sell their own beer now, and liquor stores can be open on Sunday, but car dealerships can't. Okay. <laughs> Dom Toretto would hate it there. I know. Well, I mean, like, in, in North Jersey, like, in Bergen County, like, nothing can be open on Sundays. Like, the whole <sighs> county is shut down on Sunday, so. Bless the Puritans. Valentine's Day. Special thanks to Joe, too, for pasta-making tips. Rachel and he gave us some tips to make our own pasta. It turned out great, and it was a lot of fun to do. Rachel didn't have a real recipe. So he asked us, like, what's Rachel's recipe? And I asked Rachel. I'm like, oh, yeah, she has recipe. And Rachel's like, no, I just make it by feel. And I was like, yeah. well, that fucking sucks for him, <laughs> like, to to share but like thank you and i mean she does all the cooking a large majority of everything she does a large large majority of everything in the house but she like found a recipe to send to and gave all the tips to Justin. Yeah, like my friend Desiree, who listens to the show, I think sometimes, and I've talked about him here before. She's a great cook. And but like, we've talked that about that before. She's like, you know, people ask me for recipes. And like, she sent me like what her recipe looks like. And like, it, it's nonsense. It's just like, it's like six little things that there's no steps. There's no even like amounts or ingredients. It's just like six things. It's just like, this is the recipe. It's like, I, this is what I need to like make the thing. But it's just, she just knows it in her soul, right? So yeah. Rachel's gotten, Rachel is really good and she has this like cool app. I forget, maybe it's called Paprika or something. What's your app called? Paprika? Yeah. And she like has this like cool recipe app that she uses on her phone. And then like as she tweaks them, she's made a lot of her recipes solid in that. And you can like scale from it because it's like a digital app, right? So, cool. um, yeah. yeah. So like whenever we share recipes with Matt and stuff of like food that we're making, she sends him that and she keeps it like, she, like if we like change it, right? She'll like go in and just edit and be like, oh no, we did two tables spoons this time instead of one and eventually we've gotten to like a streamlined point yeah does matt still have the cooler he he definitely still does he's moved like 50 times in atlanta now well here atlanta is where the players play so maybe he's trying (laughs) to find it's gonna be an all-timer tonight yeah meat waffle a restaurant near me sells a belgian waffle with ham sausage bacon and cheddar cheese cooked in it so good fucking delightful i wish i could get you know what? I probably could convince Rachel to do more of this at home. But the thing is, is like I don't clean the waffle maker, and she gets really mm. mad about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even if I make like blueberry ones, she it's just blueberry chaos for 
and she gets angry at me. So it's not this exactly, but uh, Taco Bell just announced that they are doing a chicken sandwich taco, but I only heard. in Nashville and Charleston, maybe. Well, that's just the test markets. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a chicken, it's like a fried chicken, whatever, in a taco. So, looks great, it. but, you know, not here. I want it. I want it bad. Apparently, McDonald's just redid their chicken. The chicken sandwich wars are fucking awesome, by the way. That was, like, one of the greatest things to come out of course. Oh, yeah, because Popeye brought the heat. Popeye's brought the heat with a delicious sandwich. And now people are like, well, shit, we gotta, we gotta step it up. You know, good old Chick-fil-A was just, like, our pleasure. We're not changing shit. I can't tell you the percentage of times that I want Chick-fil-A that's a Sunday. And I'm like, well, not gonna happen this week. Every single time. Yep. If you're having a Chick-fil-A craving, it is a Sunday. That's yep. just like the way to know the if, if I was on a desert island, I would keep track of dates by by how much I wanted Chick-fil-A and be like, oh, it must be Sunday. Check. It makes me feel like uh, that I'm doing the right thing by not supporting the anti-LGBT company that is oh, Chick-fil-A yeah. because like, uh, oh, right. It's Sunday. I can't. So like, because I only, like, there's none close to me. So I either have to go like on a, I was just like, I have to go on a Saturday or a Sunday, but like, they're not open Sunday. So like, it has to be a Saturday. So just like, well, I got to wait six days. And then, like, I'm on Saturday morning. I'm like, I'm not going to go to Chick-fil-A. And then it's the next day. I'm like, well, shit. I should have went to Chick-fil-A. God damn it, yeah. Glass blowing bongs. I have a friend who's a glass blower and runs the city's biggest glass collective. Ooh, she absolutely hates it when people ask her to make bongs, I guess it's an insult to the craft for artists. Yes, that's the whole degenerate art documentary. Like, like some people are like, look, they're making bongs, but it's still art. And then some people are like, this is art. Why do you have to put a fucking you know, slide in it. So that's how it works, man. And finally, I was recognized in an annual meeting recently for some work I did. I was told to come into the shop and pick up a gift card as a thank you for the work. I did. Okay. It was for Subway. Ugh. <laughs> of all the places I don't want to go to during a pandemic. Later, family. Justin. Yeah, Connecticut's finest. Sorry, bud. I'm also going to send you on Facebook the pictures that he attached. These are his notes docs. It's just uh, like work work papers that he just scribbles notes on. <laughs> I love it. It's like Seinfeld, Simpsons, New Member Monica, Friday Night Lights, Hamburgers, Nico Kevo, Glass voice. blowing bongs, Damn a letter. phone number. <laughs> I love it. Super cool. Thank well, thank you, Thank you, Justin. It was great to hear from you. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, shout out to everybody who wrote in. And once again, happy birthday to Jason. Happy birthday, Jason. Happy 30th, man. It's like all downhill from here. That's all I can say about the, i mean that's how it felt to me we have a store uh, ch- what it, what is it too fast too far dot shop gets you there <laughs> probably oh also so by the way i i tweeted this um while we were watching the x-files there's this episode called teso dos bichos um which i don't remember it's like these like ancient it translates to like these burial mounds that like have like religious properties or whatever okay and it's not a good episode and apparently making it was a nightmare and i don't know why but it was like this whole like bonding thing on set where like the director and all the actors were like we cannot like we got to get through this and so the director made these shirts it's a teso dos bichos survivor and my friend that we're watching he's like i need one of those shirts and so like i went online and i downloaded the x-files font and i threw into Photoshop, Teso Dos Bichos Survivor, and I created my own tea Public store, and I put up... Uh, you could have put it on too fast. I could have, but, like, it's also... It makes... I mean, whatever. It's not, it's fine. Why would you... Why would you not have? It would have just been, like, a weird thing. It doesn't matter. Like, there's no difference. Like, it all goes <laughs> to my PayPal anyway. <laughs> yeah. We, my friend bought the three shirts, and so we're, I'm going to get the $9 back that we get as the profit, because, like, I, you know, like we said, we can't set prices. We can't buy things at nope. our own cost. Nope. So, like, I will be stunned... If literally anyone else buys it, 
because like it is such a niche shirt. Oh um, yeah, and like the search on T Public is not great. But nope. boy, oh boy, uh, it's it's a funny shirt. I hope I hope you sell like seventy thousand of these. Well, it's the thing. Like if you if you Google like Teso Dos Bicho Survivor, and like I just took the like trivia on IMDb and put it as the item description. The item shipped. Like worst case, they shut down my store. Like you don't have permission. But it's just it's it's letters on a shirt. Like I don't know why. Yeah, I that but, that like, means nothing. There, uh, there's right. not there's not like a copyright on that. I don't think. Right. So like, yeah, the shirts are in the mail. So uh, that's the important thing. But Teso Dos Bicho Survivor, if you want to. Uh, support me on my tea public or just too fast you've ever to shop for things that actually kind of make shirts. sense but yeah, yeah seriously joe on the streets news about the fast and furious anything that has caught your eye recently there is something actually that jason sent in i don't know if you saw it or not something that's kind of cool to us and i think that you'll like this when you hear it and i'm sure that we're both going to get one funko as in funko pop is um turning fast and furious into a board game Ooh. Yeah, so there will be a Funko board game called Highway Heist, and it's going to be 30 bucks, little plastic cars, you know, board game shit. So I think it'll be fun. We should probably get it and try to play it. Oh, for sure. That's super cool. Yeah. A cooperative strategy game by Prospero Hall. Very cool. Very, very cool. I think that it'll be, even if this doesn't go great, this is one of these things, like you have the Monopoly game at this point, like you... You probably should add this to the collection, right? I'm going to get one. Uh, what I should do is email Prospero Hall and be like, hey, can you send us copies? Like, there was a guy who That's made a Nicolas a Cage card game idea. who emailed us and was like, hey, if you if you, if we send you a copy, can you talk about it on the podcast? I was like, I don't think you understand how many people listen to this podcast, but yeah, absolutely. And so you, I think we might have even play the Cage it. Club. Yeah, it was cool. Was it was it? a fun game. It was like it was like Old Maid, I think, but it was like uh, with Nicolas Cage. Yes, that's right. We did play it. That's absolutely right. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so, Prospero Games. Send us one. We'll review it for you. Yeah, it's set to release in May. Yeah, so I will. I will do this. Anything else that you've seen? Um, no, that was like the that was like the main thing that caught my eye this week. So there is there's more news, or I mean, and by news, I mean that's a very strong term for like no updates on what's happening with F9 and Widow and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know why it's this week. I don't think it's upfronts, but like Disney announced dates for all of their. TV series like the Star Wars stuff and like the Marvel stuff and, and that and whatever was the big hype and Spider-Man name yeah. but then today as we're recording this Wednesday the 24th Paramount Plus which is the old CBS All Access rebranded that was every fifth commercial at the Super Bowl did like another like 100 news announcements so there's two things that kind of sort of relate to us so number one the Viacom CBS new film strategy for theatrical windows so of particular note to us meaning the network is like mission impossible seven and top gun maverick so there are going to be like 30 or 45 day for bigger movies like those gonna be 45 days theatrically just like only in theaters and then after 45 days they will be on paramount plus for i guess for free i mean you pay the eight bucks or ten bucks or whatever a month to get the service just like you would anything else but then after 45 days it's there so like if you can wait a month and a half after a movie comes out you don't want to see in theaters at home so like that's not as good as like the 28 day turnaround that like universal has but not terrible not bad no not bad so that's one thing so maybe we'll see f9 i don't know but the other thing of note to the show is that they announced like all these adaptations like they're rebooting frazier finally officially what really all these other things yes not even like not remaking like with with kelsey Grammer in it they're just doing the kind of like their new episodes or whatever nostalgia man but also nostalgia they announced a sequel series to the original italian job which we covered on this very podcast they're doing a sequel series to the 1969 film the italian job also oh, to love story fail attraction parallax view and flash dance yeah damn okay that's cool we like the italian job that was like one of the best movies 
in the Italian Job series, when the grandchildren of the legendary Charlie Croker inherit his old safety deposit box, the quest for the infamous Italian bullion is reignited. Oof. I like it. Sounds spicy. Yeah. I hope we start on the fucking cliff, right? Like, that has to be where this movie starts. I hope so. No, but it's going to be the grandson, so who knows? Who who could play Michael Caine's grandson? Tom Holland. Um, He wouldn't do a TV series, I don't think. Um... Who's going to play Michael Caine's grandson? Your boy, Timothy Chalamet? Timothy Chalamet. That's exactly who's going to play him. Any other news that you have seen? Because I think Timothy Chalamet is a good casting there. But any other news that you have seen? <laughs> I don't think there's anything that I've, I've gotten. I should be Timothy Chalamet's agent. I put him in fucking everything. You sure do. I should get I should get props for that. Like, like, look, guys, let me tell you this. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. Like, what, you, you need a new Batman? Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Michael Caine's son from The Italian Job? Timothy Chalamet's free. Yeah, he could play uh, Michael Caine's grandson there, and then also uh, Alfred's grandson in the Dark Knight reboot. That isn't happening, but, you know, could be. What was the the Jennifer Lopez stripper movie? Hustlers. Be like, Hustlers 2, Timothy Chalamet. That's, uh, yeah, okay. I don't know if he's the body for that, but maybe. <laughs> hey, who are you going to tell him no? He did Edward Scissorhands. He looked good in, like, leather and tall and lanky. Also, just once again, shout out to Magic Mike XXL, one of the most perfect movies that's ever been made. Even if you're a straight dude, go watch it because it's just nothing but pure optimism and joy and sex positivity. First movie's really good. Second movie's an absolute fucking blast. So, Magic Mike XXL. And also, go listen to Magic Mike's, the podcast that we gave up on. There's, like, a dozen episodes. So, go check that out. Young Rock Episode 2 was last night on The Road Again, and it was another good episode. Uh, yeah, I like this one. I listened to a Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee show had this, like, very, like, I, I turned it on when Carson Wentz got traded. Like, I'm not really watching it every day right now because it's not, like, in season, right? So, like, mm-hmm. they're definitely stretching it. It's three hours. Love the, like, I love the show, but I watch it on YouTube. But it's, like, three hours, and there's not really sports news happening, right? So, sure, yep. But I was watching it the day that Carson Wentz got traded to the Colts, one of the, like, I guess recurring jokes, because that was like a Wednesday, maybe, or that, no, that was a Thursday. They were talking about that in the studio, they're, they're in a big divide. People that love Young Rock, and then people that think it sucks. Like, really? Like, yeah, like, in their studio, they're like, no, it's like, it's fucking joyous, this is a great show. And then there's other guys that are like, that show stinks, like, from the background. <laughs> so, like, wow. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know if it's like a bit that they're doing. Probably is, you know what I mean? Because a lot of these, there's like seven of them or whatever in the studio. I'm sure it's a bit of a bit, but the large majority of them really love the show. And then there's like a couple dissenters that don't like it. But um, I was thinking about us whenever I was watching Pat McAfee. Because in Rachel, we're like, she's like, somebody was like, like, oh, Young Rock, that show stinks. And she was like, what? What did they watch? <laughs> like, this is great. And I was like, yeah. And then like, you know, the, obviously Pat McAfee and like some of the other guys were like, what are you guys talking about? You're stupid. I think the worst case scenario of what you could say about the show is like, I don't need to watch this. But like, I don't think there's anything important to it. Like, that's not good. Like it's just like yeah, maybe it's a little corny, but like it, that, that's not like reason to shit on it. Like it's no. it's joy, it's like heartfelt and and great. Like it's again really fun. No huge fast connections in episode two. Not that there are going to be, but like a blast. This isn't really a spoiler, but he keeps talking about his shoplifting, and I've, I I want to know if this is like a cathartic experience for for the rock oh like, maybe because he's like he's like really trying to like talk through his shoplifting in his youth and i'm like dude it's cool we get it like, it's okay yeah yeah it's nobody's okay. judging you about it but he keeps like bring it up and be like i had a shoplift here you're like yeah dude you're rich now like you were a dumb kid it's okay like mm-hmm. nobody's gonna arrest you for shoplifting when you were 15 it's totally statute fun. of limitations baby yeah but beyond that you're like 
yeah, you were 15. It's okay. Like 15 yeah. and poor. I get it. Don't worry about it, bud. But he keeps like, yeah. And Randall Park in it is great. There wasn't really any fast connections this time. You're absolutely right. He does but... work at a pizza place. I'm like, Gallows, but it's like El Nostimo, which like, yeah. again, you know, the language is very similar. That sounds more Spanish than Italian, El Nostimo, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Fun. Good episode. If you're not watching it, go check it out. NBC on Tuesday nights or Hulu on Wednesdays. So Yeah, we watch it on Hulu on Wednesdays. And actually, we tried to watch it last night after Temptation Island, and it doesn't come on until Wednesdays at 5 a.m. Yeah. So we were like, oh, damn, dude. Like we, cause we, we were like, you know, we had watched the Penguin game. We watched Temptation Island. We're like, let's get some Young Rock to like round this night out, right? Like a little bit of everything. You can't watch it till the definitely the next day no nope. oh there was one thing that was like um i found that it was a fast connection and that's that in school the principal thinks that he's a cop undercover oh yes yeah 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 and i was like oh the rock was a narc and a cop in real life at 15 and now yeah. he plays hobbs who's the best cop ever so yeah because like the whole like one of the running jokes is like high school rock which is like the middle aged that's the wrong way to say it, but there's like the middle school, then the high school, then the college rock. So the one in the middle, the high school age one, he's got to be like 6'2 and like just like has full mustache and just yeah. like he just, he's a man, right? Like he's just like, he's a man. Like he's like LeBron when he came out of high school and like went to the Cavs. Like he's just like, he's just a built like a, a, a full grown adult. And so like the bus driver's like, get out of here, perf. Like you can't, like I'm not, yeah. you, it's funny to the principal, you're right. It's just like, hey, like let me, let me buy you a steak. Let's, let me find out what's going on in the school. It's like, dude, like I'm just a student. Like, like I'm literally just a student. Like as much as you think that he's like, yeah, you can't talk about it. I get it. The final thing to do before we take a break and talk about Game of Death is to talk about the Fast and the Furious Minute, the turbocharged prelude, Minute 5, a title that will become apparent in our discussion, a minute I called Letty? With a question mark. this minute brian continues his cross-country drive he's approached by four bikers on two bikes who want to race but brian turns them down soon he sees they were pulled over by a cop who glares at brian as he flies by on a country road somewhere brian wins another street race cash and respect and as the minute ends we see a highway sign for miami so the reason i named this as i did one of the women, I don't know if you caught it. I mean, I know that you probably watched it a bunch of times. I, I did. watched it six or eight times. And I like, thought the same thing. Go ahead. There's two dudes on bikes. There's yes. a two white guys, one guy with like good hair and one bald guy. And then one dude has, they both have a woman behind them. And one has yep. like an attractive Asian woman. And one has an attractive, I can't tell if it's a white woman or a Hispanic woman. Because again, it's 480p might be, it might be generous. And it's also, yeah. yeah. But this woman looks like Letty. Like, Shockingly it, like, like Letty. Like, like. like insanely close to Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. It's like the way she's standing, the way she has her hair, the way she's dressed and just the way she looks. And I'm like, there's no way that 
that's her. It's crazy how much she looks like Letty. I totally agree. I thought that when I watched it, I actually rewound specifically like that one second. I was like, I know it's not her, but like I looked again. And then I see in the notes that you were like, is that Letty? <laughs> like, does this she look like Letty? She she looks a lot like Letty. I'm 100% with you. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. My question to you, I don't, again, If I think if he was somebody, he would be Go in ahead. IMDb. But like, and is I the guy that Brian you. beats... Is he anybody of note? So I looked up every possible outlet that I could think of to try to find if he was someone. And I even went and watched that specific clip from the Craig Lieberman video about okay. the mm-hmm. turbocharged prelude. Craig Lieberman doesn't even address him. He says <laughs> that the car was a rental from somewhere. It means nothing and just skips along. Because it's a dude who's dressed like a early 2000s rapper. I 1,000% agree. I thought it was almost Trick Daddy. That's who I was thinking it kind of looked like to me. Like, it would be cool. Like, again, this this short has absolutely no sense of time or place or pace or anything, but it would be anything. cool if they're like, if they show, like, the background, they're like, oh, he's in Atlanta now, and they have some, like, even if it's not, like, a famous rapper, but, like, a famous in Atlanta rapper or whatever, yep. who's just, like... Who was happened know, to be in L.A. when they were shooting on that one exactly. street. Exactly. Yeah. But instead, it's just, like, a dude who's just, like, kind of looks like Exhibit, kind of looks like a bunch of different people, and it's just, you know, he's yeah, wearing... Exhibit. He's got jewelry, he's got the clothes clothing he's got the the the, the braids he's got everything it's just like this seems like he's somebody and like again not even uncredited on imdb so he can't be anybody yeah no offense to this man i'm sorry to this man he definitely had the look down i thought that they could have snuck somebody in but like somebody would have noticed it or said it right so but you're right i i I thought trick daddy you thought exhibit it it could be either i don't know so i don't know only other thing that I want to uh, make note of here is that the final, uh, again, this is only something that you would notice if you're watching this six or eight times in a row and you're pausing to take notes about things. Yes. But in the final two shots of this minute, before we see the sign, there's the shot of uh, just a woman's thong, basically, like her, her midriff, like it's like a bra yep. and her underwear. And it's just like the guy passing money to Brian. Because That shot race. and the next shot where he's driving away, clothing, like lettering on clothing is flipped like it's mirrored so like for yes some reason, i noticed this too yep these yep, shots yep. are just mirrored and i i, I don't know why because like it doesn't it's like oh we can't have him driving left because that's like signifying he's going west or whatever it's like no he's just driving straight in one shot he's driving away yeah he's just yeah. driving like away from the camera so like i don't know why they flipped that shot but they did and i noticed it because i was trying to like read whatever the guy's shirt was um, which i'm sure you were doing too and i was like oh f- why is it mirrored this makes no fucking sense it's the dumbest thing like there's no it's reason very dumb because if he's because if they're on the left side as opposed to the right side what the fuck does it matter if he's driving away nope. like doesn't, doesn't make matter. any sense what did you uh notice about this minute again i'm so thankful we only have one more then we get into too fast but anything of note here the bikes that they're driving in that they race that brian kind of like races but then get pulled over that we were uh-huh. talking about with letty on uh-huh. them they're suzuki gsx 1300r hayabusas okay okay hayabusas are interesting to me for one reason that was the motorcycle that Ben Roethlisberger was driving when he wrecked it and wasn't wearing a helmet. Remember this? I do. Also, shout out to Coach Tomlin, who has COVID now. Yeah, he, he seems like he's doing good. But they released a statement and stuff. That's cool. Ben Roethlisberger was wearing, was riding a Hayabusa. So this is tattooed in my brain because it was like every news station for a month in Pittsburgh was talking about his Hayabusa, what kind of motorcycle it was, because like that's where I was at the time. 
special to us. That's mm-hmm. a huge hint. The Hayabusa is also featured in what movie that you and I have watched together? Oh, okay. Because I see here in the notes, also in the movie, and then I thought I was like, which which movie are we talking about here? I didn't I didn't put it in because I wanted you to guess. The Hayabusa is also in the movie. It's is like it... smack in your face, dude. Uh, Kill Bill. No. Is it like is it Gone in sixty? No. Is it's, it the it's very on the nose. Like it's it's in this movie, and you're like. Of course, it's in this movie. Uh, I mean, is it? It's, it's not a Fast and Furious, though. Like, it's not. It's not a Fast and Furious movie. It's another movie we covered for a different podcast we did. Oh, Motor uh, Supercross. Yes, it's in Supercross. Very cool. Very very cool. It's Rowdy Sparks himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I just was talking about Supercross the other day on here for uh-huh. some reason. Yeah. So like, when I I clicked Hayabusa to see like what other movies it was in, and I was like, oh shit, it's in Supercross. Uh, that, if you're listening out there, you do not need to see the movie Supercross. I think you do need to see the movie Supercross because. It's Walmart. This is dollar bin Walmart special. Like, this is, like, barely media. It's great. I liked it. Anything else of note in this minute that you saw? You have in the notes um, the jackets. I found what kind of jackets that he's using. It's it's Joe Rocket motorcycle gear. Um, Obviously, I couldn't find the jacket because it's 20 years old now at this Uh point. But um, they have jackets that look very similar to it. And I linked the Joe Rocket motorcycle gear page there. Shout out Joe Rocket. Yeah. Well, let's take a break then and let us come back to talk about not Joe Rocket, but uh, yellow tracksuits as we talk about Game of Death. episode number 167 game of death this episode is brought to you by the bruce lee shop shop shop.brucelee.com and it is brought to you by the bruce and kareem collaboration collection and there's a cool little story here that um they were actually student and teacher kareem abdul jabbar actually would babysit brandon lee sometimes i didn't know that that's pretty cool well shout out to the bruce lee shop and welcome back to too fast too forever so okay so game of death the reason we're doing game of death is because like we mentioned i think in the top half justin lynn directed the movie finishing the game there's yes. some subtitle i don't know what it is which we're covering patreon exclusive on too fast so you know we were doing specifically like japanese directors and japanese actors or whatever we sort of expanded it out to asian cinema in general but i knew that we want to do a bruce lee movie but we did game of death because specifically because of the justin lynn connection i'd never seen i don't think any bruce lee movie which is still sort of shocking to me any at all until today like until think this so. time like I, yeah I, I bought the the criterion collection which i'm very glad about which i will talk about why but this is like the first real i think bruce lee movie that i've seen i think and uh i want to say and i know this might be kind of a hot take it kind of sucks there's obviously problems with this one yeah for many reasons the fight scene at the end is is classic right the rest of the movie not very good that's not a hot take it's it's okay so i think to uh explain myself and why you know you who have is you know it's i don't think it's a secret that you love bruce lee i mean i do so and like you've talked about like how you like this movie like it's not it's not bruce lee's fault like i'll explain so go ahead he had directed 
uh, The Way of the Dragon. So that was the first movie he directed. I think it came out in the early 70s. And so he was going to direct this one too called Game of Death. And in the middle of filming Game of Death, Hollywood, Warner Brothers came to him and they said, we're going to, we want you to star in this movie called Enter the Dragon. And it's going to have a budget of $850,000. And that's like an astronomical sum for this kind of genre. And they're like, we would love for you to like basically pause your production and come be in this movie. And Bruce Lee's like, I I have to do this. Like it's going to bring, you know, Kung Fu to the West and it's going to, you know, make me a bigger name and whatever. Um, I did see though, I I will say that I saw the 30 for 30 Be Water, which came out last summer, which is about Bruce Lee and just, you know, basically this decade of his life. So he had filmed like over 30 minutes of fight scenes for Game of Death and like over 100 minutes total for the movie, but paused it to go do this movie. Um, But before he could return, Bruce Lee died. Uh Just way too young, but he died. Um, Like I think it was like an accidental overdose. Like he wasn't addicted to drugs. I think it was like a a bad mixture of medication or something. Like it was some like terribly tragic, like shouldn't have happened, but it happened. Yeah. Like six years later, in 1978, the guy who directed Enter the Dragon, Robert Klaus, uh, was asked to basically turn Game of Death into a movie. I think it's understandable because, like, if you watch Game of Death, like, the end of this, like, the pagoda fight, it's like, yeah, this... Fucking badass. It's awesome. It's, like, one of the coolest... Yes, thank you. Okay, if you can admit that, that's all that you need to take away from this. If you have, like, this 20 or 30 minutes and you're like, hey, make a movie out of this, it's I think it's kind of hard to say no because it's like the world kind of deserves to see this this amazing stuff right yeah i agree so robert klaus is like cool i'll do that so what he did was he made a feature out of the footage that he had there and he had two stand-ins for bruce lee he also had cardboard cutouts in one or two scenes which is like hilariously bad in a way that's not supposed to be hilariously bad originally in bruce lee's game of death it was going to be a movie about this is also like the most complicated wikipedia thing that i've ever seen because like it's, it's got two different sections um because there's game of death like the bruce lee one and there's a game of death like the robert klaus one so like yes, in yeah. the original game of death he gets confronted by the korean gang like uh, the korean underworld um and they kidnap his siblings and he has to go fight to get them back like it's kind yeah. of a simple premise that he whatever pretty much bruce lee was making a showcase to yeah. get to this fight scene right mm-hmm. that's the whole movie was like he was just some kind of story and the idea is great right because the fight scene is like you just fight up this pagoda and like every level you go up you fight a different boss like it's very video gamey it's it's awesome it's great to see yep the choreography is great but like the movie didn't even matter what bruce lee was trying to make he's trying to make this fight scene (laughs) is essentially what's happening and i have trivia about the video game stuff that i will so that's a very great way to describe it it is very video gamey so the movie that robert klaus made was that this guy is, um, he's like a, a big time Asian actor, um, yep. like this martial arts star. They actually show scenes, like the movie starts with the end of Return of the Dragon when he's fighting Chuck Norris. Yes. And which Chuck is Norris a great movie was too. furious that really? he got credit for this because he's like, I, so I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Okay, go ahead. So the movie that he made was about this guy who's like uh, becoming the star and like the, again, the Korean mob is like, hey, we want to exploit you. And he's like, no. The Korean mob wants to, like, kill him, so they shoot him. Um, It's supposed to be, like, this blank, and they shoot him in the face, and so he goes to the hospital. Yeah. Which, by the way, Brandon Lee, his son, died same kind of way. You know that, like, he was shot with a bullet that was supposed to be a blank, but it was, like, a real bullet, or, like, the blank killed him or whatever, so, like, while filming The Crow, he kind of died the way that his dad, like, fake died in this movie, where he actually really died, or whatever, right? That's right. I remember that vaguely. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Bruce Lee's character goes to the hospital, Billy Lowe goes to the hospital, and he's like, I need to get out from under the thumb of this Korean gangster, or whatever. Because they're chasing down him and his girlfriend, because his girlfriend's a singer, he's an actor, they're trying to, like, employ them, but really just exploit them he's like i need to get out from under this i'm gonna fake my own death 
And so he fakes his own death. And then there's like 45 minutes of the movie that he's not in. And it's like, this sucks. Like This is really bad. Yeah, she's just like in a mental hospital, which is weird. Yeah. What's really tacky is they use like in in the movie, they show uh, the character's funeral and they use actual footage from Bruce Lee's funeral in this fucking movie. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? That's not good. I didn't know that part. That's not very good at all. So what Robert Klaus wound up using from what Bruce Lee had shot was mostly just the end of the movie. And there was only like about 11 minutes of stuff, 11 minutes and seven seconds of original footage. So instead, he took stock footage of Bruce Lee from like movies before Enter the Dragon, which you can tell because it looks nothing like the rest of the movie. Like it's all grainy, shitty film stock. Yep. And even on the Criterion, like remastered, it's like, oh, this looks wildly different. Yep. There's like the cardboard cutout, like I was saying. There's like original footage. Like they also had shot stuff that like Golden Heart the production studio just like lost so kareem abdul jabbar who is in this movie as hakeem because like we mentioned before you mentioned his uh collection on the bruce lee's shop yes uh, he was like a pupil like a student of bruce lee's yeah they were training together yeah they were buddies mm-hmm. and he was in the movie and he's kind of like the ultimate like he's basically the head boss in bruce lee's movie he makes him yeah he makes him like the the super boss at the end yeah robert Klaus says to Kareem, like, I want you to come back and help me finish this movie. He says, no, I'm not going to do it because he's like, I don't, I don't want to. So like they get a guy who like, is also like a seven two black man who like, like doubles Kareem. Like it's very weird. <sighs> they also tried to get Steve McQueen, James Coburn and Muhammad Ali, but they all said no because they thought it was going to exploit Bruce Lee's death and also Gar- Golden Harvest paid for shit. So like, they're just like, not only you offend me with your pay, but like, you're also going to offend me like by trying to tarnish Bruce Lee's legacy or whatever. Yeah. And then Chuck Norris, like I said, threatened legal action because he was given screen credit because he's only in archival footage from The Way of the Dragon, which is the movie that Bruce Lee directed. So like this movie starts with him fighting Bruce Lee and then like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is, it's so weird. Yeah. That all said. So the movie, the end, the, the pagoda fight, which is like what people remember from this. It was supposed to have five floors, but they only shot three of them. It's the Temple of the Tiger, the Dragon, and the Unknown, and the Unknown is where he fights Kareem. Yes. And this was meant to all showcase his beliefs that uh, about the principles of martial arts, and then he's, as each one was defeated, their fighting style flaws are revealed, and sometimes they rely too much on fixed patterns, some lack economy of motion, whatever, yeah. and Bruce Lee wins by being unpredictable, whatever, right? Okay. Fast forward like 20 years to like the year 2000. So there's Bruce Lee historian John Little puts out a documentary called Bruce Lee, A Warrior's Journey. And there's also a film from Japan called Bruce Lee in G.O.D. And then there's another thing that we're going to talk about called the Game of Death Redux. Okay. And so there's all these things that kind of like tried to make something out of this movie that like wasn't finished. Even weirder than that. There is a Game of Death 2 that uses footage from Bruce Lee stuff, but, like, Bruce Lee's, like, not the main character. Like, Bruce Lee dies in Game of Death 2, and then, like, the main character, I think, is, like, his character's son or something, but it really has nothing to do with this movie. It's just, like, a cash grab for, like, hey, we're a sequel to Game of Death, but it's, like, stop trying to, like, manipulate this movie. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Okay. The cool thing and this is this is going to be again i don't think a hot take two years ago july 2019 on the 46th anniversary of his death uh this guy alan canvan who's a producer premiered the game of death redux at an asian american asian research institute in new york and so this is a 34 minute essentially short film that criterion put out on the blu-ray and it takes the uh original fights and footage and everything that Bruce Lee had shot. Mm-hmm. It takes the original scoring from that movie. Oh, that's cool. Different end credits and everything. And also has like, you know, the original dialogue and just puts it together in the way that it is. So like 
as Bruce Lee is fighting up, he's got these friends there, and his friends are trying to, like, help him out, but, like, they kind of suck, and, like, they're trying to fight, and, like, one guy goes and runs up against Kareem, and it gets kicked down immediately, like, and so it's, like, the same kind of fights. It's the, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, like, but in Game of Death, they cut out the two other guys. Yes. And there's, like, less, they give Bruce Lee no dialogue in Game of Death, which is fucking weird, because he has, like, some dialogue in the Redux, and it's Mm -hmm. great, and, like, why do they not use that? If you have such limited footage, why not just yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but okay. So my real hot take before we go further, this movie is, uh, I think, available for free on like Pluto and stuff. But I okay. would say if you want to see Game of Death, don't watch Game of Death. Find the Redux. It's on the Criterion Blu-ray. I think you could maybe find it online. I'm not sure. But I think this 34 minute thing, like there were like five or six things in this Redux that I enjoyed more than anything in the entire Game of Death. Like every time that Bruce Lee is not on screen in Game of Death, I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Okay. There's the line that he has in the redux and again okay. this goes back to what you're saying about his spoken dialogue and he asked the first guy he's fighting he's like do you speak english the guy says of course i speak english and he says i hope you don't i mind. hope you don't mind if we move our man so that the two of us will have more room to groove and i was like holy shit like that's so cool it's and so like, fucking cool right don't yeah. use that in the movie it's like what the fuck are you doing so this is cool if you like this then you understand parts of the reasons why people love bruce lee movies because this isn't like yes okay cool so you so you are you you would be a fan like you would would be a fan yes like i i liked so the way that i put it on letterboxd i was like the first like 80 minutes of game of death it's like an hour it's like an hour 40 it's like just over an hour hour and a half right the first like 80 minutes are like it's like a one and a half star movie because like it's not bruce lee it's not a good movie like there's there's okay fights but it's not him you're not watching for him and then like the last 20 minutes i'm like this is like five stars like this is perfect It's, it's everything i wanted yep Exactly. And then I watched Game of Death Redux, and I was like... If we would have this movie... Yeah, I like the main movie even less, because, like, this is everything. It's, like, no filler. It's no fat. It's all the good stuff. Yep. And it's, like, cooler, and it's funnier, and it's better, and it's, like, more cohesive, and it sounds better, and it looks better, and, like, it's just... God, oh, man, it's just... It's so much better. If we would have this full movie... How badass would this movie have been? It would be the best. It would be the best. Yeah, it would be like top tier, like one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah. I know that I'm talking a lot, but there's a lot of like, I just, I researched so much. I'm more about this than anything else because I'm like, there's, it's so, it's so fascinating too. Fascinating and also like disrespectful in a way that like feels (laughs) like almost blasphemous. Like, again, like I get that you want to share this thing with the world, but like do what this guy did two years ago and like kind of just take the footage and like put out a 40, like, because this movie was successful. Like it made a hundred, it made the equivalent today of like 170 million at the box office. Office. Yep. Mixed reception. People are just like, it, I can't believe you put cardboard cutouts in there. Um, it feels disrespectful. I can't use. I can't believe you like did the whatever. But like, it's not terrible. It's just kind of disappointing, right? But like, do what the guy did and just put like a thirty-five minute like what? Like you have the stuff, right? But you need, so, but you need to make money off of it, dude. Like if you're if you're telling people like this is Bruce Lee's final movie. Like it's not a full movie, but like it's a complete like it's a logical thing. Like people are gonna go see that. Yeah, I would hope. Also, in the other respect, I mean. In the other side of this, minus it being flagrantly disrespectful to everything, the cheesiness of them using cardboard cutouts, Uh switching Bruce Lee's at will, right? Like, because there's just, like, scenes that it's definitely Bruce Lee, and then scenes that it's definitely not Bruce Lee, like, side by side. Like, they just switch them out. Like, just no, I mean, it's very unique in, like, an almost, like, the room kind of way, right? Like, it's just, like, they're using archival footage, and you're like, what the fuck's happening? Like, the whole thing is changing. And we saw things like that now permeate over into stuff like Tarantino, like, when he does weird shit like this, Mm -hmm. right? And he's doing it only because, like, this is the shit that he was channeling. 
if you take the disrespect out of it, this has like a very prominent place in culture. As as weird as it is, like I have to give him credit for like, okay, so we got how do we how do we make a Bruce Lee movie without Bruce Lee? It's like yeah. okay, we'll get guys who kind of look like him, small we'll Asian guys that can fight, yeah, fake his death. And they'll be wearing, like, crazy beards and sunglasses. And it's just, like, yep. to, like, dumb mainstream white audiences. They're like, that guy looks enough like Bruce Lee. Like, that's fine or whatever. Like, they're like, oh, so we have to give him facial reconstructive surgery. Even though, like, at the end of the movie, it's just Bruce Lee. Like, it's, it's, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's really, really dumb. But see, isn't there something kind of joyful in that? Like, how silly it is? There is. Like, ah, man. Like, I, I'm glad that I watched the full thing before I saw the Redux. Because it made me love the Redux even more. Like, I think the Redux, I would have been like, this is really, really cool. But, like seeing what they tried to salvage from it before <laughs> i see actually what it could have been like it just made what it could have been even better you know that's crazy yeah good that's awesome like you were saying uh this movie is referenced all over the place so the movie the raid which i think i talked about in here a bunch before which is an awesome badass movie yes um, yeah it's essentially this right yeah so it's basically uh the movie starts and like there's a bunch of drug dealers in this building they just need to like this SWAT team, this cops, uh, need to fight their way up the building and just, like, take it out. And so it's like the Pagoda. It's like the levels going up and whatever. And, like, it's one location. It's similar plot. Fucking badass. Like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. This idea is fucking great. Like, this is, like, one of the greatest fighting movie ideas ever, yeah. I think. It's just, like, it's just so perfect. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, all in one building, you just go up the ladder, and you're just fighting up the thing, and they get stronger as you... It's it's genius. It's so perfect. It's, like, it's so perfect because it's so simple, right? Like, yeah. It just makes perfect sense. You don't need to change locations. You just, like, make a different set, but whatever. Like, for every aspect of this, I'm just, like, genius. I want to say there's, like, a Jackie Chan movie, and I might I might be wrong, and I don't know, but there's one that, like, there's, like, a, like a circle. Like, he's, like, fighting up, like, a circular staircase that, like, surrounds this whole, like, big, tall building. Probably. And, like, he just keeps fighting his way up. But the fight with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which we'll talk about, is yes. parodied in another Jackie Chan movie called City Hunter. And then in John Wick 3, I don't know, did you see, have you seen the John Wicks or no? I saw the first one and possibly the second one. I definitely didn't see the third one. Okay, so in the third one, one of the first guys he fights is from the, I don't think he's on the team anymore. I don't know where he is now. Uh, but this guy, Boban Marjanovic. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but it's like this like seven foot tall, like the Sixers former center. Um, He's just oh. like this huge Euro, like this Slavic dude fighting Keanu Reeves, right? Who's like a okay. you know, normal person. And so like it kind of pays homage to that because it's like... Of course, yeah. Somebody like a normal look... Like Bruce Lee was smaller than Keanu, I think, but like Keanu's Very. like a normal sized dude fighting a seven foot tall, like probably 280 pound Slavic center, right? And just like, yeah. how, how, how can you even compare right? the disparity is beautiful like yeah. it's it's one of the coolest things in the movie to me it's just like the shot and you get like kareem really tall really dark black guy in like this dark room and then you get like bruce lee who's like small asian guy and mm-hmm. yellow like mm-hmm. the, just like the whole juxtaposition of it is just like compositionally it's beautiful too right like it, it just the further works. juxtaposition of like kareem kicking him so hard oh that he leaves God. a footprint on his chest and he's just got this basically that, almost the size of his chest is kareem's footprint one of the greatest pictures that's the coolest moment for me that's this was you know what like i think when i was a kid maybe my dad was watching the beginning and he had seen game of death and like uh, eventually like i watched the whole movie like the first introduction one of the first introductions i had to bruce lee was with my dad and he was like yo you gotta come see this part now and just brought me in like 
at the beginning of the fight scene. In the actual movie Game of Death, like there's a Kareem fight scene early on where he's just like fighting another Asian dude. And like in the movie, you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what this is. Like, this is just like yep. another scene. Yep. And in that one, there's a there's an amazing thing where like, again, it's like, you know, imagine the pagoda where there's like stairs and there's like different levels. And this dude is like trying to run away from Kareem, who again is like a 7'3 or 7'4 or whatever he is, like a huge dude. And he like, j- <laughs> he jumps up extends his arm upwards and grabs this dude's head like it's a basketball yep and just yanks him down over the banister and it's like the coolest thing in the world until you see him kick bruce lee in the chest with the footprint it's yes. like how is like they're both so like in bruce lee's movie that's like one of his friends who's trying to fight kareem and getting his ass absolutely beat and so you're like okay that makes sense here but like in the movie just like this is just like a cool thing but it's like what what is even happening yeah 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 so speaking of that tracks which you just mentioned so that's obviously everywhere it's a trademark for him and also like we said you can buy it at store or shop.brucelee.com shout out to our sponsor yeah so you would think that like he's again robert klaus makes this movie where like this guy fakes his own death and is trying to lay low and so like why would he wear this like bright neon yellow suit or whatever because like well you know in Bruce Lee's movie, he's wearing it because, like, it looks badass, right? But, it's like, fucking cool, yeah. But, like, Robert Klaus is like, okay, so, yeah, we have this footage of him. This guy's <laughs> trying to fly under the radar. So, like, let's just dress a bunch of other biker dudes in, like, <laughs> bright neon. Yeah. Different neon tracksuits that look exactly the same, but just different colors. Like, they're the fucking Power Rangers. There's also, in the warehouse scenes, this is not in Bruce Lee's version. This is something that Robert Klaus made. Uh, Billy Lowe, the Bruce Lee character, the stand-in or whatever, wears a pair of yellow Adidas shoes with black stripes and white shell toes um later he wears the yellow moonstar jaguar shoes with black stripes yeah bruce lee wore the latter of those while filming and the double wore the former to resemble the shoes so there you go but also of particular note uma wears this as the bride in kill bill 100 yep it's also seen in shaolin soccer high risk the last dragon revenge of the nerds city hunter police story 4 on the ropes and finishing the game which we will cover oh it's also in a lot of uh, manga and anime, including Cowboy Bebop, a lot of cartoons like Turtles, uh, where Splinter's former owner apparently wears the suit, uh, the Boondocks, and more. It's also in games like Grand Theft Auto, Liberty City Stories, The Last of Us, the original. If you beat the game on the hardest difficulty, you unlock that suit, which is awesome. Oh, that's a Animal really Crossing, cool touch. Animal Crossing, New Leaf. Yes. I really like that. It's an unlockable suit that if you, but if you beat it on the hardest mode, that's mm-hmm. very fucking cool. Okay. It's also, and I was I was telling you recently that I was watching the show Patriot, and it's also in that because the main guy's brother is, uh, he's like he works for a consulate or something, or he's like a congressman, but he's also like involved in the NSA, and he goes by Cool Rick, because um, he's like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Rick, but I want to be Cool Rick, like I want I want to give off, you know, I want to be cooler than I am, so I'm gonna go call me Cool Rick, um, which is a joke in the show. Yeah. Um, and so you would think that a guy, uh, it, it shouldn't come as a surprise that a guy who goes by Cool Rick wears this fucking tracksuit <laughs> and wears like the Beastie Boys tracksuit, um, like, you know, from like the License to Ill days and stuff. It's just like, it, it's it's everywhere. Like it's immediately, it's icon- to use Brian's word, it's iconic. Iconic. Instantly recognizable. Yep. 100%. Even if you didn't know Bruce Lee, like if you didn't watch any Bruce Lee movies, you knew exactly what this was from the jump yep and the only other references that i wrote down because it's a whole long list on wiki but i also wrote down that the gorillas and sugar ray and the clash and buckethead and far east movement and black label society all 
referenced or alluded to the movie. And also of note to us in twofold, uh, which is also probably the most blasphemous again of all, in the song or the video for Black Widow, Iggy Azalea, apparently, I don't know if she wears it or references to it or whatever, but that's an Iggy Azalea song that features Rita Ora. So two fast connections there. that reference or allude to this movie and she wears this suit i don't know i i couldn't tell you i i intentionally didn't take notes there because i'm like i don't want to think about iggy azalea like hey yeah let me look like bruce lee because she's you know tall and white and what you know i don't know what yeah. whatever so yeah that's a lot of stuff but let's talk about the movie itself because i told you before you watch it, i was like the backstory is so crazy you know like this is the one where he died i'm like yeah but it's, it's more than it's that. way like, more than that yeah i didn't i knew some of this didn't know a lot of this so yes thank you for sharing but like with all that in mind or having sort of seen it with fresh eyes and, you know, not just having the nostalgia for it, what did you think of Game of Death? I really like this movie. I like the goofiness of it. The the two Bruce Lee things, like it's just joyous to me. It, I can't remove myself from the nostalgia of it. And obviously, like when I was, okay, I said we were watching Game of Death this week and I told it to Rachel and she's like, God damn, it's another one of these high movies. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. It's pretty much like you're just riding, you're on like a long ride at a amusement park just waiting for the end, right? Like you're just like, whenever I'm watching, I'm just like, okay, just like, let's get through this fucking hour at the beginning and mm-hmm. like, let's get to the pagoda. And once you do that, it's just fucking awesome. And you're like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. And I instantly forget how bad the beginning of the movie is because it's just a vehicle to get me to the end of the movie that's yeah that, yep. that's all i feel when i watch it i'm like okay cool there's like some goofy stuff that happens but like you're just making a backstory that's just trying to lead you to this ending that you have to see and once you see it you're like yeah it was kind of worth it it's it's almost like you have to eat your vegetables to get dessert in a yes. way but like in, in retrospect it makes me want to watch like enter the dragon the way of the dragon and just like you know yes, the other you like the other four movies on the blu-ray because it's like this is so it's so cool. Like, just seeing... Dude, Enter the Dragon is so fucking cool, dude. It's so cool. And that's the big Hollywood. That's the one... Like, so the same guy made this and that. It's just... I don't know how you do it better. Like, I, you know, as much as I want to shit on this movie, like, I don't know how you do it better other than... I don't... You know, it's it's such a weird predicament to be in. Did you ever take an art class in school? Probably when sure. you were, like, younger, right? Yeah, yeah, Did you ever have to do this art project? It's, like, a very common one that I think a lot of places do where they give you like half of a picture and you have to draw the other half of the mm-hmm. picture yep yeah that's what this movie is and like it looks exactly like your picture did when you were in fourth grade like that you're like oh yeah i get that you <laughs> saw <Shitty. laughs> yeah yeah like you saw what would should have been there but it doesn't look like that right yeah. like you're mm-hmm. like this the side that you have the picture of like that's fucking great because that's like a professional picture but like the other side you're like ah, you, you know it was made by a child so that's what happens <sighs> not that he not that the director is a child, right no no, but no no you're just you just have so much little like you have so little to work with like and you have to fill in the gaps and it's not always the best and it looks weird and but there's something kind of but also in the same aspect like you kind of have some kind of joy about that too right because you're like oh well like you did it you did your best it's like it's not it's not awful could be worse right like at least you tried that's cool (laughs) (laughs) what i thought was weird and i don't know this is from an earlier you might you might know this is from an earlier movie or if they just shot this with like a double but like it feels weird that like so they know in this world like the korean underlords you know the the lords of the underworld or whatever timmy you know timmy the lords of the underworld shout out south park they know that he is like a martial arts superstar, and yet like they still confront him like in a street fight. It's like why would you like of all the always. ways that you could do this? It's like why why? What, it's it's like, always it's always it always happens like this in Bruce Lee movies because 
like it's you have to get him to fight more, more than one guy so like they have to try to fight him right like that's every one of these movies and like they eventually win like he loses because they like sneak up on his girlfriend they're like hey we're gonna kill her and then like he gets distracted yeah. and like they beat him up or whatever so like i get that but it's just like this feels like not the best plan to be like hey well, it's like okay okay so like we gotta we gotta beat lebron james it's like how can we beat lebron let's challenge him to like a two-on-two like a basketball like a street yeah, basketball exactly. it's like, <laughs> it's like, no literally anything else like you know <laughs> Like, that's like fight. the one thing like don't do like just i mean like he might be in other things but like don't do the one thing that he's the best in the world at it's like do literally anything else yep yeah yeah <laughs> i agree jesus christ yeah and, like none of them even really have guns all the time you know what i mean it's like it's always like they're like oh yeah we're just gonna get like seven karate dudes and that'll beat them and it's like no it, it'll never work it, it never works like this well that's also what i love about the like the text crawl into the intro of the redux is the, like guns are not allowed in the pagoda it's like okay cool like we got that out of the way it's just like that's we're good like that's just the, a, a ground rule for this building yeah no guns we're good no guns you're not allowed to have guns in there and then once you get rid of the guns then it's like bruce lee's the best right so yeah it's, but obviously he's not gonna like kick a bullet it's not we're not at the matrix yet so so there are two things in this movie um that are similar one of which i thought was like the weirdest and dumbest thing and then one of which actually faked me out so there's the one part where like they get wind that billy Lowe, that bruce lee might not actually be dead right so they like excavate his coffin and they open the coffin and like he's just lying in there and like the guy shoves a knife into his face it's just like a porcelain doll so like i don't know (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) i don't know why they made a porcelain doll to like barely just bury an empty coffin like i don't i don't understand that like go ahead oh no he was shot in the face it's a closed coffin funeral we can't you know it's a closed casket whatever but they have like a lifelike bruce lee that they just crumble i'm like weird cool don't understand it but okay yeah but then at the end of the movie go so like after he fights Kareem, he then fights like the 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 I guess like the the mob boss's like right hand man or whatever, and that's fine. And <laughs> and then he goes up to like the actual mob boss, and the guy's like sitting at his desk, yep, with both wrists slid open. He's like bleeding, dripping out. They show you the wrist. I was like, oh my god! Like it looks, you know, because like it's actually like they shoot it with actually the actor there, and like, he's not moving. I'm like, it's like weird that he's like sitting upright, considering he should be like slumped over. But like it's weird. <laughs> and then Bruce Lee goes over, and it's just like a wax figure. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> yeah, he picks up his head and goes wax and throws it. <laughs> and so then like the guy is running away, and then just like falls to his death, and that's how the movie ends. It's like what? Yep. The f- like what? What? Yep. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's fucking weird, right? Yeah. But but um, great. That part should have been kept in the movie, right? Like, this is, like, <laughs> somehow we need to reincorporate that part into Bruce Lee's vision. Like, just a wax figurine at the top, and then <laughs> and then he just, the dude just falls off the pagoda. Like, that's it. Being largely unfamiliar with his filmography, I don't know what was, like, originally in Game of Death, what was in the reshot Game of Death, and what was, like pulled from an earlier movie but like whatever this came from it's insane it's it's the weirdest thing in the movie and that's saying well, they something shot, like, there's a cardboard stuff. cutout yeah they, they shot new stuff for this so like he's just yeah. trying to piece together the end of the story <laughs> but yeah so there's three different endings to this movie to this version so like not only just like there's the redux and everything like kind of doesn't really have an ending it kind of yeah. does but doesn't really but there's three different endings so in the one that we watched, I think like the widely available one, which is the U.S. and international version, as soon as Dr. Land falls to his death, it just goes hard, hard cut into the credits. Just like, yep, end of the movie. 
Instantly credits, yep. In the Cantonese version, the police arrest Billy after Dr. Lan dies, which apparently was a requirement in Hong Kong at the time. It's like, I guess if somebody dies, somebody must be arrested. So it's just like, okay, I guess oh, okay. he gets arrested. And then the Mandarin version, Billy escapes on a boat with his girlfriend, and both the Cantonese and the Mandarin versions have completely different end credits and music. It's like, oh, what? Why? What? Yeah, it makes no sense. There's also in the Chinese version, there's an extra fight scene where, where Bruce Lee fights a Korean challenger. I guess they just didn't use that in the American version. They later just stuck that in Game of Death 2. But that's not even Bruce Lee. Like, that's a stand-in. But, like, people say it's the best. How do they describe it? It's, like, the best Bruce Lee fight without Bruce Lee or whatever. It's just, like, the best stand-in fight. Like, isn't even in this movie. They just, like, they stand it for the sequel, which, again, Bruce Lee's not involved with. And he was, like, dead for, like, nine years. It's just, like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're just fumbling the bag so many times here. But let's talk about the Redux. Because the Redux, like, it's it's... Probably... Wait, I wanted to say one thing. Oh, go ahead. One thing about the original, like the the full, the US version, the full-length yeah. version. They're going, and um, he, he tells his girlfriend to meet him at the ferry, right? Mm-hmm. The Golden Star Ferry, and like he'll be on the passenger thing. And yep. this is really weird connection that we were just re-watching Old Amazing Races, and Golden Star Ferry was like one of the things they were looking for. Oh, that's for. so cool. Okay. Yeah, it was so weird that like like when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's green. Because it's, it's Golden Star Ferry, but it's green. They were in Korea. I was like, Rachel, this is the same fucking ferry company, isn't it? And she's like, yep, that's... I wonder if that's a name, like if it's the same company, if we're just like, a, hey, let's name our, our company after the one in Game of Death. Like it could be either way, right? <sighs> it could, yeah, it definitely could be either way. But they were like, in this Asian country, I think it was Korea. The logo, the the where it was, like everything felt very familiar. And when like they said Golden Star, I was like, Rachel, is this the same one? She's like, I, yeah, I think it's the same one. So that was just a weird connection we had to it. That like as I was watching, I was like, whoa, that's something I would have never known before this. But go ahead. We could talk about the Redux. So the, it starts with like a couple different title cards. And I wrote down the first one. Then as soon as the second title card came up, I was just like, I'm not going to write this down. I'm just going to get the gist of it. But um, he began working on his second directorial project, Game of Death. Uh, he plays the role of Hai Chen, so a different name altogether, who's a retired martial arts champion confronted by a Korean crime syndicate that kidnaps his sister and younger brother and forces him to participate in a raid on a five-story pagoda in South Korea. Two of them, two of his friends or whatever, die before the third floor, he his way up, whatever. What I love about this, other than just him, like, you know, the room to groove line, is just like him dunking on his opponents mid-battle, just like, stop with the rehearsed routines. They lack the flexibility to adapt. Just like, not only am I going to beat your ass like i'm gonna rub yeah. your nose in it yeah that was a very that's like a very bruce lee thing right like that was bruce lee was always like looked down upon by the martial arts masters the actual martial arts masters because he was so flamboyant right like he had this like charisma of like the i am the best type fe- like the muhammad ali type you know like you i'm the greatest whatever whatever the the old like chinese masters would be like you you don't have any discipline because that's the side of this that you're seeing that Bruce Lee's like look I can fight any type of way and like you're doing the old bullshit of these routines I'm beyond that like I've I've ascended this also that reminds me of the young of young rock where his dad does like the Muhammad Ali like foot shuffle I'm like yeah that's pretty cool like because his dad's like set up as this like uh ultimate showman and he's just yes. you know, using yeah it's all the same thing they were all doing the same thing right like because yeah because like Bruce Lee Muhammad Ali the Rock's dad, they're all doing the same type of showboating, yeah. Mm-hmm. What I loved about the most about the Redux, other than just like, it just felt like the movie that we were supposed to be watching, is that when when the second dude, because like, Bruce Lee, like, so there's a guy fighting it, we, we enter mid-battle, right, because I guess they just hadn't shot or whatever, 
footage didn't work, whatever. But it's just like one of his friends fighting the first guy, and like Bruce Lee comes up, and the guy is just like getting his ass kicked, right? And yep. like he's just like, let me let me handle this. He's got the bamboo, and he just like beats the guy or whatever. He got the nunchucks and whatever. So they like go up to the next floor, and then like when they go up, his friends are like, I'm gonna we're gonna help out. I'm gonna go up to the Kareem thing. He goes up, and then like <laughs> less than ten seconds later, he gets thrown down the stairs. It's, it's great immediately, just like just tossed. Yeah, and I remember if it was the same guy or the other guy goes up again, like. Kareem being a seven foot, seven and a half foot tall man is like as tall sitting down as these dudes are standing up because like, you know, they're not the tallest dudes. It's also like, you know, sitting down. He's like probably close to five feet tall. (laughs) Yep. So then when he stands up and like takes off his robe to like get into his fighting apparel, the line of sight and like it's like the camera, like I think it's the point of view from like Kareem's perspective and also just like the side by side, like this dude is like looking up at an angle that seems humanly impossible. Like, it's just two feet difference, and, like, his neck is, like, so far up, and it's just, it's, like, it's awe-inspiring, but it's also just super funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, as, like, he's, like, stomping around, and, like, just, you know, all, like, the dust is falling on Bruce Lee as he's fighting, because, like, the guy is just, like, rolling out of the way. Like, Kareem is just, like, is fucking this dude up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Bruce Lee seeing it from underneath being like, oh, shit, I have to go fight that next. You know, yeah. like, just mm-hmm. knowing what's happening, he's like, oh, there's a big-ass dude up there. But, like, there's also this, like, incredibly weird element to this that is not in the full version at all. Kareem apparently, like, he's in this dark room, he's got sunglasses on because he's got this, this light sensitivity. And so at one point, Bruce Lee gets, like, kicked or whatever, a hit Does into, he actually, like... What the... is this light sensitivity thing? What is this? Kareem has, like, red, like, cat or snake eyes. Did you see this? or no no i didn't i didn't catch this go back and watch it's like at the very end he's got these like weird ass eyes like they look like snake eyes they're like white pupils with like red oval slits in the middle okay bruce lee gets hit into the wall and like he knocks out the wall and the sun comes in and like kareem like you know almost like dracula style like recoils in the sunlight okay then like bruce lee like knocks a few more of these out and like he's just like beating them up and then, like he knocks sunglasses off and like they have these like crazy crazy eyes it's the mm. weirdest thing it's like the supernatural thing like i guess they're almost like how do we explain the presence of a man who's this tall and this limber like it, he's got to be like an alien or something okay okay it's the it's the weirdest inclusion like it's cool but it's also like what what is happening yeah yeah, that's very weird. I have a couple more trivia things, but anything other, any other thoughts about either the movie or the Redux? Anything of note that you wanted to say? Any fast connections? I don't know that there are any, but any other cool moments? Anything you are, is there a cool moment? Do you have a do you have a cool moment? Ryan, don't lose that cool of yours. That's your meal ticket. I for me, it's it's the it's the footprint on the chest. That's that's okay. it. It's so iconic, and like that's the coolest moment of the movie for me. And that's in both versions, which is cool. Which yes, which is very very cool. Um, and when they change Bruce Lee's and have the other actor come in and is wearing the suit with the footprint and it's clearly not Bruce Lee and mm-hmm. you just watch Bruce Lee fight this guy, it's yeah. really awesome. It just like cracks me up every time. He's like, he like, it's like Bruce Lee like starts running up the steps. The guy turns around. It's not Bruce Lee anymore. You're like, Whoa. like I, I really wonder if they thought this was going to work or not. Like, I want to get in their head and be like, this is it's either like we're proud of this or this is the best we can do. And I, I think it's the best we could do. It has a lot of that vibe. I, I, I guess you don't put a cardboard cut out in a thing and like be like yep this we nailed it right? nailed it <laughs> fucking killed this but some fast connections we mentioned it before but there's two fake deaths in this movie sure yep i'm surprised we've never seen anybody but i thought about it and then i was like okay maybe we get like jail time but like somebody in a mental hospital considering like we watched shutter island too shutter island <sighs> as well <sighs> but no 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 like how do we never get like how is cypher 
not wind up in a mental hospital, right? Like, I feel like that's something that we haven't tapped yet. Like, we've seen, like, Jason Statham and The Rock in jail, and then, like, kind of fight out of that, but, like, we've never seen anybody on, like, you know, the crazy island. I'm assuming maybe one day we'll get a boss that goes to the crazy island. I feel like it's probably because, like, the people we're seeing are all, like, multi-millionaires. It's, like, how they don't really go to real prison. They only go to, like, country club prison. Like, they probably just go to, like, private mental health care facilities as opposed to, like, you know what I mean? So. (laughs) Yeah. Very nice ones. Not it's these. It's good like, to be rich, right? So it's very good to be rich. And the last fast action that I had when I was watching this is um, that at the end of the movie we get that rooftop parkour, which is really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was like, oh, this is very Brian O'Connor chasing him down because he like hangs over the thing. So those were my those were my all my fast actions all together all at once. Also, speaking of uh, parkour and Paul Walker, the uh, the movie Brick Mansions where he's with Rizzo, yeah. there's a lot of parkour in that too. We covered that on the, the Brian and O'Connor Paul Walker lap. The only other trivia that I wanted to have was you mentioned before about calling this like a video game movie. So there's these two Italian film scholars, Simone Bedetti and Lorenzo De Luca, identify this as an early example of what they call the quote arcade movie genre of action films. Interesting. They have three characteristic elements. The achievement of a goal, passing a series of levels, and ascending through a path, whether physical or symbolic. Other examples of this include Enter the Dragon, but also Die Hard, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Mortal Kombat, and Sudden Death, which is all just like, you know, Mortal Kombat makes sense because it's whatever, but yeah. And Sudden Death, one of my greatest favorite action movies of all time. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen Sudden Death. Sudden Death takes place during a Penguins game. Oh, Wow. It's okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting during, literally during a Penguins game. When a man's daughter is suddenly taken during a championship hockey game with the captors demanding a billion dollars by game's yep. end, he frantically sets a plan in motion You've to rescue her. You've never seen this movie? No, this was one of the ones that oh was on God. our uh, best action yes. movies of the 90s. And I voted I... for it every time. Because <laughs> it's like my favorite. Like, I mean, a- any chance that I could, I think it was only lasted one round or maybe two. I was like, sudden death is fucking it, dude. Yeah, um, the Penguins mascot's in it. The guy who sings the National Anthem still at games sings the National Anthem in the movie. That's so weird. That's so cool. Okay. I'll, I'll watch that soon. It's 90s action Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, it's, it's also just like a fun... It's very much in the same vein as Die Hard. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. as classic as that, but it's very underrated. And it takes... Like, there's hockey in the game. Like, in the movie, so... And it was shot in... It was shot at the arena in Pittsburgh, like... At the Igloo? At the Igloo, yeah. The old Civic Arena. Yep. Where very I had my cool. seats for years, so... Personal to me. But it's also a good movie. I'm not overhyping it. <laughs> Go watch it. Like, it really is fucking fun and good, so... And then the other... I don't know if these are the same uh, film scholars or something different, but they all... People also consider this one of the foundations of the beat-em-up genre of video games, or I guess, like, the Streets of Rage kind of thing, where it's just, like, a bunch of dudes, like, getting to a boss, you have to beat them up. Uh, but they said that Enter the Dragon was also the foundation for fighting games, uh, where, yeah. like, there's a series of tough martial arts opponents that have a weakness... That must be discovered and exploited. So I'm thinking like Punch Out, thinking like, you know, anything, which is like Mortal Kombat even, right? Which is like you yeah. have to just one-on-one, you just have to figure out how to beat him and beat him, right? So, Dude, Enter the Dragon's so fucking good. I really want to, to make you watch Enter the Dragon. I will. Well, I'm going to. That's like this This inspired me. Whenever you watch Enter the Dragon, let me know. I'm going to rewatch it with you. Maybe we'll do it as a Patreon. Like we have a bunch of Patreon bonus episodes, but maybe we'll just do another one because I'm going to watch it soon, I think. If you want to do if you want to do that, for sure, I'm in. I think it's funny that like we're like, we're back to once a week and then there's all these movies that, like I want to talk about anyway. It's like, well, you know, we'll yeah, just and I want to talk we'll... about it with you. If you're going to watch like yeah. more Bruce Lee ones, fuck it, yeah, for sure. Because like, so the 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 Criterion Blu-ray. I don't know if I want to bring this up. Hold on, Criterion. So it's one hundred and twenty-five dollars, but like uh, four or five times a year, Criterion or Barnes and Noble puts it half off. So like, it's like sixty bucks. Which again, I know it's not cheap, but there's five movies plus like two other things. So there's the Big Boss, 
Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon, Enter the Dragon, and Game of Death. Plus, Game of Death Redux is on there. And also the 2K restoration of the theatrical version of Enter the Dragon, which is apparently rarely seen. There's also the special edition version of Enter the Dragon. So like, there's two different versions of that, too. So like, it's like this beautiful box set. Cover is yellow. It's just, it's, it's gorgeous. So I'm, I'm super jealous that you have that. The Way of the Dragon... Return of the Dragon and Enter the Dragon are three really great. The one where he fights Chuck Norris, which I thought that it was Return of the Dragon, but I think it I starts... I think that's Way of the Dragon, I think. Yeah, an epic gladiatorial death match with Chuck Norris in the Coliseum. Is in yeah, Way of that the one is yeah. so fucking awesome, dude. It's so cool. Like, the, the the clip that you get at the beginning of this one, I was like, oh shit, I forgot that they start with this. Like, that's so cool. That's like one of the... Yeah, it's awesome. It's so awesome. They fight in the Coliseum, dude. It's Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee fighting <laughs> in the... Co- like, how mu- you can't get much cooler than that. Like, uh. And, like, then there was, like, the whole Chuck Norris wave of, like, Chuck Norris was the coolest guy ever, and he gets his ass beat by Bruce Lee, right? So, like, water's and wet. Chuck Norris doesn't get wet. Water gets Chuck Norris type things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because if you look on Letterboxd and you sort by average rating highest first, like the highest rated average thing is Game of Death Redux, which is how I like. Oh, I, I, had, that's fair. I had read about it, but I didn't know that like it was included in the Criterion thing. Then I saw the cover. I was like, oh, cool. I have that. And I was like, I'm glad that I watched it because it was awesome. Yep. But then it's Enter the Dragon and then Fist of Fury. But Enter the Dragon is like uh, three eight, which is, you know, for Letterboxd, really, really high. So. Enter the Dragon is so cool. It is so cool. It's It's my favorite one for sure. And Game of Death is like fourth from the bottom. Like it's one of the worst rated ones because I mean, it's not it's not a terrible rating. Like we're gonna play the game soon. It's got like a two eight, which is not terrible. Like it's just kind of run down the middle. But like it's one of his lowest ones. But like worse than that is Game of Death two, which has a two six. <laughs> so let us play the. Actually, let's watch the trailer first. We got to watch the trailer first. I got to find this from five years ago from two when. So it's two minutes and 17 seconds long. It's by this guy, Two Wayne. Put it up. Game of Death, Columbia Pictures, trailer, HD, 1979. Ready whenever you are, bud. All right. Three, two, one, play. Ooh, a blue MPAA. Look at that. I don't know if yeah, I've seen too many blue old, ones. Man. Old. His last and greatest motion picture adventure. Well, one of those is true. <laughs> it's his last, yeah. It's his last. I love the sound effects too. International superstar. So that's n- that's just straight up not from this movie. <laughs> not from this movie. Yeah. He loves belongs to the mob. And now oh my god. They're out to Did you see that CGI of like the face not moving just like photoshopped on there? If they can't Oh my god. They'll have to kill him. Billy. Billy. You don't have too many choices. There's Mr. Land. Yeah. So begins the game, game of death. death. Oh boy. <laughs> what is that? Oh my god, what is Columbia that? It's just six of his heads shouting and like hovering around screen. That's not from this movie. No. Starring Gig Young. Colleen Camp. Colleen? Okay. I guess. And Kareem Abdul Jabbar as Hakim. I love that they named him Hakim too. That's so good. <laughs> becomes a matter of survival before and after. <laughs> the undisputed master of the martial arts becomes a master of disguise and the champion a master of, of the disguise of death. This, this felt very um the final film of Bruce Lee. Flavellas to me too by the way and a half years in production with an international I can see that yeah 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 that makes sense 
that fight scene was pretty cool too. Was that him? Was that from a different movie, or was that not him? I couldn't tell. That was not him. When he's yeah, fighting. that's what I thought. Because it's, it's just like the from faces the movie, cut right? to him. Yeah. 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 Because there's so many times in this movie where it's just like from behind his head or whatever. It's like this isn't this isn't how we should be watching this movie. I was laughing so hard when they went to like the the karate tournament and every Asian guy from behind looked exactly the same, right? Like she like turns, yeah. she's like, "Was that Billy?" And it's like, "Oh no, they just all had this exact same haircut." Like I think I would love this movie like in the so bad it's good way if like it didn't end with like 20 minutes of genuinely great footage. Like I don't like yeah. you don't make a Bruce Lee footage you don't make a Bruce Lee movie without Bruce Lee, but like it's like it's this weird thing and then you get to the end you're like, "Oh no, this is what it's supposed to be." Like it it almost yes. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. I'm glad that, okay, I'm glad that you came around on, like, the, the yeah, it's just fucking weird, like, man. I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie again. Like, I'm going to watch the Redux again, but I don't think I'm yes. ever going to watch this, like, the Game of Death, just, like, the reg- the full 101-minute thing or whatever. The but, thing like, is, if it's if it's on a playlist, if you put, like, Bruce Lee movies on a playlist, and this was on it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. This, again, at my fucking dive bar, I'd have a Bruce Lee night, I would play the full Game of Death and everybody be like what the fuck is it you're like yeah well i mean people would know but yeah you're like you just have to get to the end we're just keep drinking until we get to the good part and then we'll do that <laughs> yeah so the final thing to do the letterbox game and this is it might be tricky actually i don't i didn't look at the numbers so i don't know i know the number of people who have them top Ooh. four but i don't know the other number but for reference sake mad max fury road one of the most popular films on letterbox has been seen by seven hundred and forty-eight thousand people seven four eight Damn. almost three quarters of a million game of death from 1978, directed by Robert Klaus, starring Bruce Lee, Gig Young, Dean Jagger, and Hugh O'Brien, has been seen by how many people? Again, average rating of 2.8, most common a 3. This is tough for me. I'm going to say because it's so cult classic, but also it's so old, I'm going to go, I'm going to start with 35,000. You're too high. Hmm. How about 22,000? Still too high. One more guess. Oh, 17.5. Not a lot. Not a lot. No, I was expecting a lot more, like, at least just because it's, like, Bruce Lee's last movie. And, and it's weird, right? Like, this is, like, a very letterbox thing to, like, study. Because you're like, oh, what the fuck did they do to this movie? Yeah. Game of Death Redux has only been seen by 243 people. So, like, like nobody's seen that. Yeah, and nobody. 2,700 people saw the Be Water doc that came out last year, the 30 for 30. Oh, by the way, Kareem. So, remember Bruce Lee is in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that fight scene and, like, he gets his ass kicked. Yes, by Brad Pitt. I was just saying this. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out and, like, railed against Quentin Tarantino in an op-ed where he's just like, you got his, like, not only did you get him wrong as, like, a, as a martial artist, but you got him wrong as a man. Like, he was, like, very adamant, like, that his friend was disrespected on screen, so. I can believe that. If you were friends yeah. with Bruce Lee, I mean, like, he makes him look like a shithead, but at the same time, like, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wasn't supposed to be historically accurate, right? Like, it's it's meant right, no, to yeah, be no. like a fantasy of yeah. it's a it's a you know fever dream of Tarantino's of the time. So yes, I, I don't take too much offense to that. Right? It is weird to use him like use him by name though. Like it just like have like loose B or whatever. Like you could like you know reference it. I don't know. It's just <laughs> yeah. like a oh, it's Bruce Lee on the set of the Green Hornet, like being an asshole. It's like that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yep. And I think I think Tarantino like, came out and defended it, like, oh no, I'm like I'm paying homage to him or whatever. Like we're having a fight scene. Like I want to direct a Bruce Lee fight scene, but she's still just like like you love the guy. Like you dressed Uma Thurman as him in this movie. Like you clearly you have doing, respect right? for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is not very respectable. So out of those thirteen thousand people, how many have in their top four? <sighs> Fifteen. Too high. Way too high. 
Uh, six. Still too high. One more guess. Four. Four. Okay. I was hoping for like somebody to be like, I fucking love how goofy this is, and the fight scene at the end is great. But okay, go ahead. So there, of the four people I looked at all four, only one reviewed it. Uh, one other person has like four Bruce Lee movies in their top four, which is not fine. Uh, we're gonna so we're gonna read the review by Sammy Chang, but we're gonna do somebody else's top four because Sammy Chang just says five stars. The legend Bruce Lee would have been extremely proud. I cried uncontrollably at several points of this majestic masterpiece. That's that's an interesting take. It's a very okay. <laughs> I would say wrong, but you know, <laughs> it's opinion. You can't be wrong on your opinion. Sure, majestic masterpiece. Very flowery language, but okay. Okay. So we're gonna go to Kyber Zoo at Kyber Zoo on both Letterboxd and Twitter. Game of Death is Kyber Zoo's fourth favorite movie of all time. Okay. Top three are all pretty big movies. Uh, one of which I'm, I'm. I think we've only had one of these before. It is probably the most iconic movie that stars an actor we talked about earlier this episode and it's also one of my favorite movies of all time so as an actor we talked about earlier in this episode Mm -hmm. is it a chuck norris movie nope i don't think any movie chuck norris has ever been in as one of my favorite movies of all time that's what i was wondering iconic movie of an actor we talked about Mm -hmm. who did we talk about it's a it's a movie jackie chan like rush hour no i do like rush hour uh this movie or this actor was in a movie that referenced or alluded to Game of Death. Is it Uma Thurman? Is it Kill Bill? Nope, but that would fit the criteria. Yeah. Um, From 1999. Raid? Nope, earlier. 1999. It's the first of a trilogy. Is it The Matrix, Keanu Reeves? It is The Matrix. Okay, Because we talked about John Wick 3. Okay. Yep. And I even said The Matrix earlier, so. Yes. Number one is a classic college guy dorm room movie poster where it's like yeah it's a good movie but like college dudes (laughs) think it's way better than it actually is because they're like this is the greatest no but in that in that vein uh older than fight club though but it's like bro this is scarface there you go (laughs) it's like scarface or boondock saints it's like those two like yeah scarface is a good movie but like you're fucking obnoxious stop if it wasn't if it wasn't animal house you were like yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. animal house scarface boondock saints fight club there you go I put off watching Scarface for like five years longer than I wanted to because I'm like, there's no way it's actually good. It is. Based on the people who like them. Yeah, it is good. But it's just like, <laughs> fuck, like the people who love this movie all suck. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you love it for the wrong, it's another one of these movies. Like you love it for the wrong reasons. Like this yep. is not, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He dies. He fucking dies at the end. He's not a hero. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. By the way, they sold for a while a special edition of Scarface with a humidor and a cigar that was like $1,000. And it was like one of my favorite things to track the price of, like on Amazon, like through Blu-ray.com. Because like they would just like drop it by $300. Like nobody's buying it for $1,000. Like let's sell it for $700. It's like who wants to spend $700 on Scarface? Like what are you know. doing? They should have made six of them and just given them to like rappers that's yeah it. the wu-tang martin shkreli thing right just like yeah, exactly yes exactly kyber zoo's third favorite movie is the first movie in a franchise so this is going to be a very specific but not very helpful clue it's the first movie in a franchise that has probably led to like 10 or 12 or 15 movies but it's it's a the it's land a before time nope Damn. It is a franchise that we have never talked about i don't think in any of these letterbox games but it also fits in with the Letterboxd games. Also, here is a hint that is not going to be helpful for you at all, but I just remember this fact this week. Justin Lin directed the third movie in the rebooted version of this franchise. Oh, God. 
the fuck does that mean? But this movie is from 1979. Is it? Is it Star Trek? There you go. Star Trek the motion picture. Nice. I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek movie in here. And then Justin Lin, I remembered. So like Justin Lin's a very weird director in that like he started like a handful of movies that like most people haven't seen. When all of a sudden done, he will have directed like seven Fast and Furious movies. And then the only other like big movie he's done is Star Trek Beyond. It's like a yep. very weird resume. Yeah, very, very strange resume, because we go from fucking the Han origin story mm-hmm. to, to Star Trek to Fast and Furious, so yeah. Well, speaking of the Han origin story, I believe a couple characters, I don't remember who exactly, I think maybe Roger Fan, the act. I don't remember, but I think a couple people from Better Luck Tomorrow are in finishing the game. So you and I oh, will cool. record that on Friday and we'll come out over the weekend or on Monday for patrons. So if you want to hear even more, it's a comedy. I don't know anything about it other than it's a comedy. I'm, so I'm assuming ex- it's going to be a lot like um, Disaster Artist. Maybe. That, I'm that might feeling that kind guess. of vibe, yeah. right? If you want to watch along with us, it is available for rent and purchase on iTunes. It's not streaming anywhere for free, but if you want to join us, it's on iTunes. Yeah. That's next, patrons. And then next week, full episode for everyone for free in the feed fast and furious 6 with heather antos but before then between now and then finishing the game what's the full title hold on finishing the game the search for a new bruce lee which i guess it it, i would imagine the disaster artist might be good just like somebody plays roger robert Klaus and just like i gotta figure out a guy like how do we make a movie out of this right so yeah that's what i'm thinking too it's gonna it's gonna be like oh like oh yeah use the cardboard cutout and you're like Mm -hmm. okay that's that's why i was guessing disaster artist vibes uh any other thoughts about game of death or the redux or anything else you want to mention in this episode i hope that everyone's seen it and if you haven't go watch at least the final fight scene or the redux and i can't wait for you personally to watch more bruce lee movies because they're a lot of fun and uh, i would like to talk about them with you just in general so very very cool yeah they're all on i think there's like multiple ones on pluto tv so if you have access i mean it's pluto's for free yeah so there's like a whole pluto channel that i put it on at night and rachel gets upset about it but it's like shaw brothers and bruce lee movies and there's that's cool yeah it's really cool (laughs) it's really cool yeah i will say without spoiling anything else where there's like a like i think three other kind of huge hallmarks of asian cinema Maybe huge might be overstepping for at least one, if not two, but there's like, we're like dipping our toe in the water here a little bit with the Bruce Lee stuff, but there's like, we're not going back to Bruce Lee as far as I know for the rest of the lap, but there's other stuff that we are covering that is as I think long-term influential or important, especially to, you know, to us and to what we like uh, as Bruce Lee stuff and like Game of Death and stuff like that. So there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm still very excited about the slap. Same. Only like a third of the way through, right? Because we got a lot more to go with Heather. We got all the Spy Racers God help us again yeah, and the video game again. Yeah, but lots of good stuff coming up. But uh, for all things Too Fast Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast Too Forever.com if you want the bonus episode. If you like the show and you want to support us, Too Fast Ooh. Too Forever.com. Sounds Get fun. finishing the game. Too Fast Too Forever.shop. As of right now, everything's on sale, but I think by the time this comes out to anybody, it won't be on sale anymore. Do that, or just buy my Taste of Dos Bicho shirt. Give me money. Buy cool things. And then come back next week for Fast and Furious 6 with Heather Antos. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it. We see you.